0: A day late, but not a dollar short. Dream preview. special edition. Maddie Holt back East. So family things. He'll be back next week, and we'll be doing probably a day early next week. Thanksgiving week. We'll do it Tuesday, night out Wednesday. So we'll even out. I wasn't feeling great yesterday. Feel much better now. Steve Fazek joins. Faz I always like. Head-to-head competition. I like to have a enemy. You are that enemy today. Now, sort of like (laughs) a conceit we've talked about before, the movie Face Off. (laughs) But I feel even better than I did then because there's just been a continuation. I don't want to say dominance, but my dominance over you. So this week, you, you had a – I mean, you're doing fine on your late telephone. It's all about volume at, or late telephone. It's the old school way to say <laughs> is whatever way we want to say this, when you winnow down – and I think that's one of your – and that's why, you know, you've got, I think, in this business, more people that buy your premium and then just stay with you year after year because, you know, the bad years typically – ah, breaky, year, good years, you know, there's some monster years. And you add it up, you're winning. And, you know, you make every pick available, independent grading. They're all put up in the forms. Um, how many – what is it now? You've had like – what is it, six out of seven? Or how's the winning year count?
1: Yeah, so one losing year and started uh, 2013. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, obviously there's a reason you are Steve Fezik. And at this point, it's, you know, the the super contest stuff, though, impressive is, you know, I think you're more known for other things. And part of that is it's a guy that when he gets a client, he doesn't lose him. Now, lucky for you, I'm not betting against you and your picks because it's been, well... Watch me break them with the seven. Seven, eleven. Seven, eleven. Seven, even back, do little joke. I picked up the cash flow. From... It just keeps it's like a, a good rap song. It just keeps going and going. How'd you feel this week? Wait, what, you were O for seven? One and six. <laughs> Here's the thing though. One in six, even if you had a volume of two, you should not you know, or three. So
1: what happened? What happened was had Cleveland minus four on Friday. That, oh, my God. That turned into a loser. Even with Chubb going out of I mean, bounds, it was. I you do it,
0: realize this is one of those great debates, which is, on one hand, you could say, once Chubb broke it, yeah. you could make the case you were a huge favor. But just five seconds before that, you were a huge underdog. Yes, so, I don't think that is well, the Well, timing, lead. I you don't know, think I, that's the least. I story. gave that
1: out to my clients, minus three, early in the week. And then on Friday, you know, I was confident. I still like the pick. I gave it out, minus four.
0: Yeah, Loser. but you didn't, we're not talking about what you gave out. Is we've got a bet, your ego, which is gigantic. I just kept letting you hang yourself. It was like, you know, Steve, I want you to do seven games. Yeah, no problem. And then it was like, and Steve, I want you to go against the Chris line. Chris Mish, you know, it didn't matter to you. You didn't care. You were there when this was negotiated, right, McKenzie? Yep. He didn't care, did he?
2: No, he he made me confident. I'm like, yeah, let's do it.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's true. You bet 100 on him, didn't you? Yeah? Yep. yep. You know what's funny? He's the one that's tracking it. Oh, my mm, conflict gosh. Conflict of
2: interest.
0: Yeah. Well, let's just say there will be a full audit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah,
2: those records might be uh... (laughs) Uh, uh,
0: uh, there was an inexplicable fire. It is reported. We did make a police report on it Uh, It's like the movie uh, Michael Clayton Uh, There's a point where there and then the lawyer goes and there was a fire of the records and they're like yes, we made a police report (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then I was like Chris he goes no, like What were you? You were just thinking, I'm Steve Fazick. Was that? Was that like how Homer Simpson has a pork chop that bounces around in his head? Were you just a picture of you holding that check?
1: Minus 103.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that.
1: I have had a long, successful history of smashing books that offer minus 105 or less.
0: But don't you understand? Well, first of all, you you smashed Pinnacle through the years. Back when they were at minus 104. Yes. That was back a long
1: time ago. They were 105 in the NFL, right? They were 104. I'm almost sure.
0: Mm, I I think in baseball they had an 8-cent line. They never did in football. Could
1: be mistaken, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was
0: 8 cents for a while. I don't think so. But it could be. But what I will say is this. How many games were you forced to bat with them? None. So why would that even be analogous?
1: Yep. And that therein lies my problem. (laughs)
0: Okay, time shift. Amazingly, and we were like, let's get this one done fast. We went on for about, what, 40 minutes maybe? Talking about a lot of things. We put it at the back out of consideration, and now we're trying something new. Now check this out. We're going to do five minutes a game, and here's what happens. If the game goes over five, You're going to hear this sound, but it won't be loud. It will be barely perceptible for one minute. All right. But then if if it hits six minutes, it goes up louder. So then you'll start getting mad at me for still talking. And then finally, if it hits seven, I have to give $100 to Charity. I usually go with the, the boys' girls' and boys' club or whatever, you know, kids. They're the future Feds. Actually, I do feel I don't have a lot of typical empathetic feelings. It's hard to be empathetic and trying to take people's money like at poker. <laughs> I don't look and think, I guy worked really hard. I'm just stacking it up. Come back next year, buddy. And oh, man, Arizona with Taze, just scored a touchdown right after the half, 16-13. I tell you, it's, everyone's, it's so funny that these half-wits that do have half-wits, they understand metagame and stuff, and it's like how bad Kingsbury is, and somehow it's like, hold on a second. I don't know the confluence of events that led to Texas Tech and that bad. I don't know. But what I know is this guy is ahead of every reasonable curve about how good this team is, and it's not just Kyler Murray. I think Callum Murray's overrated right now. The one thing he isn't overrated on is running the ball, meaning he's running the ball really well. We were talking about this on SOV. He has 10, entering this game, he had 10 touchdowns running the ball this year. Last year and this year combined, Lamar Jackson has 10. I mean, so that's not being discussed enough. But to me, if Kingsbury goes for it on fourth or doesn't or whatever, it's a small part of this to me. It's a small – just like Andy Reid was bad because of that apparently.
1: Season win was seven and a half, two wins away from cashing.
0: Yeah, and listen, there was a lot of love of Kyler Murray coming in this year. I mean, MVP talk. I mean, even entering the year. Now he's the fourth favorite. So in general, you've got to appreciate – you know, this is something I should talk about tomorrow. I should have talked about it today. We just didn't have time this game arizona seattle it's happening as we're recording is the poster child for if you don't have a quarterback nothing else matters so do whatever it takes so what did seattle do seattle signed matt flynn to a big contract and you know what did they rest and say yeah we got our quarterback taken care of. we saw him in mop-up duty for green bay we're fine they said, no, let's take a quarterback in the third round, too. He's got upside, who knows? He's small, frail, but who knows? Flutie was okay. And if they had their, be- their number one bet lost, Matt Flynn was a disaster at that signing, that price. He wasn't in the league soon enough after. But they had went to two Super Bowls and have been contenders ever since because they said quarterback, nothing else matters. Arizona took the number one pick in the draft had the worst offensive line. Well, I'm sorry. Check that Arizona, when they picked, um, boy, I'm forgetting his name. now. Rosen. Yeah. Josh Rosen. It was the 10th pick. Yeah. I believe 10th. So they used their first, you know, this was like, Hey, we had a crappy year. Now it's time to get a quarterback. 10th pick in the draft. And, I was one that thought they'd cut bait too soon because my thought was he was on his back half the year. Mm-hmm. The O-line got banged up like you never seen. They weren't that good to start with. <clears throat> and they said, nah, we've seen enough. And then they used the biggest asset in the, the NFL, which is the number one pick, to pick another quarterback and take another, and, and in a way took a flyer. you think they would have gotten really safe with that first pick. But when you take a quarterback who's 5'8", no quarterback has ever succeeded at that height. I mean, we all say that Drew Brees is small. He's like 5'11 and a half. i mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's tall for NFL, but it's different. And Russell Wilson's right there, right? He's over 5'11", isn't yeah. he? I mean, this guy, I stood next to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's 5'8". I'm telling you, he is not. He looks so much... I, you know this game will be the game, but Kyler Murray looks small compared to Russell Wilson. I mean, if you just eye test it, wouldn't you say, McKenzie?
2: Yeah, and there's no way Russell Wilson is six feet like he's listed either. How do you know? I saw him in person, but no, no hard evidence. But no, I,
0: okay, yeah. but you were standing next to him.
2: All right. I was close to him, yeah.
0: And you're towering, right? How tall are you? Six three. Uh-huh. I think he's five two and a half no but uh it's funny no people who are six two six three they don't you know they usually just tell the truth It's exactly. the pe- it's the people who are five seven that go with the you know five eight and a half or- I,
1: i've never met someone who said he was six feet tall who was six
0: feet tall right you mean six feet exactly yes uh-huh.
1: that's five that's five ten and three quarters
0: well i will tell Mackenzie, as you know he's a single man i will tell mckenzie that uh when you're on the dating sites, what's the one at swipe left? Tinder? Yeah, it's Tinder. Yeah. Is if you statistically correct me if I'm wrong, that the exact same amount of people should be 29, 30, and 31. Now, maybe you could make the case that women lessen their standards as they get, they feel that biological clock. And I think that's true. So maybe you could make the case that there's more 29, and they filter themselves out and pair up, and then. But boy, it's a modest adjustment. And, you know, I, 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 maybe things have changed. I'll say, but you know, back in the day, it seemed like there was maybe hmm, 20 times as many people that were 29 <laughs> as 30 or 31. Kenzie, I'm guessing you've uh, smartly used technology to your advantage. Is that your observation?
2: I haven't used a dating app in several years. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think
0: think it's changed that much.
2: All I know is I used Tinder for about two weeks. I got no responses. I swiped everybody was yes, and no one said yes to me.
0: (laughs) That's hilarious. Uh, I like that the candor is... (laughs) Let's just say that's true. And... I think it's very similar, Faz to six feet. You know, if you're five, ten and a half, you want to be six feet. Yeah, hmm you, know, you know, most people don't – you don't hear a lot of 6'1 people saying they're 5'11". No. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Each game, five minutes, and typically we're going to do something different where we have deep dive topics we want to keep up with. But, again, we've already done a deep dive before we started. So let's get to it. Best bet, Fez. My best bet is Atlanta Falcons plus four and a half.
1: I'm high on the Atlanta Falcons. Here's a team that's three and six. But I can make the case that they're really three and three, and then they had three games where they had a 96% chance of winning those games. So at the very least, Atlanta should be a 500 team. And the trajectory is great for the Falcons right now. Under Morris, their new head coach, they're playing very well, 3-1. and one, And the one loss was one of those games that they were 96% to win at the very end.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a self-inflicted wound, though, that game. Um,
1: with uh, Gurley and... Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And, you know, coaching. Hey, just take the knee, like you mentioned. Kick the game-winning field goal. Why? Uh, Twenty-seven yarder. Yes, exactly. Bottom line is Atlanta. I've rated as an, as an average team right now, and I can make the case I've got them underrated.
0: Now, well, it's, first of all, I don't want to hear that. What is your rating on them? Zero. Okay. Average team. So that's your rating. That's my rating. Why are we talking about some hypothetical that you yourself don't agree with?
1: Yeah, I I think they're an average team at zero, and they're in a good spot. They're off a bye. Now, they're playing New Orleans, and New Orleans I downgraded three points. I think that's a very fair downgrade to go to Jameis Winston from Drew Brees.
0: Drew Brees? Oh, hold on a second. Whenever your downgrade disagrees with the market, I think saying – extending your words very fair doesn't do shit so what's the market adjustment so the market has the look at line jesus of this. christ what's the market adjustment
1: three points right now okay
0: and what's your adju- three
1: oh, points point? so the market now agrees with my adjustment
0: okay so explain to me the uh, uh, and obviously it was just two yesterday so ex- uh, we uh, discussed it so explain to me the um uh, the tick-tock, in a way, I guess, of the line move. Yes, so the look-ahead line was
1: New Orleans minus 7 on this game. If you look at the world opener, minus 6.5 for New Orleans, and then minus 6 on New Orleans on Monday.
0: Uh, remember, that's Monday morning before open. So, in a way, it's the close of the Sunday night line.
1: Yes, and the marketplace was saying, hey, not much of a difference between Drew
0: Brees well, and Well, coming James off Winston. a key number...
1: Yeah, coming right. off a key number, so he's, he's, he's Drew Brees is the better quarterback. The market was saying, but maybe Not by, by a
0: gigantic amount. No, yeah, and
1: maybe a point and a half if you adjust for the fact that it's coming off key number. Right? Yeah,
0: and you're saying, and again, seven's actually been more key than three. I think the last two years. Now, is that small sample? Is that the change in all the two point tries? I don't know, but because they they seem to change around the lower numbers a lot more. But I don't know. It could be sample size issues. Sample size, but. On Monday, when the world was saying, let's say, a point and a half, Fez on national radio said, no, three. I got it at three. So you were bucking at the time, convention, and now the moves kept coming. And where are we at?
1: We're at four right now.
0: So we're at that three-point difference right. You can say more now coming off of seven. Yes. Okay. Now, doesn't mean that's the only move. Meaning, maybe there's a move because of Atlanta, this, Atlanta, that. Sure. Or New Orleans, New Orleans, this or that. But net, net, it feels like your three was right at minimum. Yes. Okay. So you can't like this game then because of that. Well, we're getting four and a half. But it can't be about Breeze if the market's now adjusted about what you think it should. Yeah,
1: so I think what's happening is that Atlanta's just undervalued here because I only have these two teams a a point-and-a-half different right now in my ratings. And with home field worth— A a
0: point-and-a-half different with the adjustment for Breeze.
1: Yes. So with New Orleans, what are we going to give them for home field? One. And all of a sudden, we don't even—
0: So what are you doing with home field in general? Because as of— the beginning of last week entering last week, but after the Thursday game, the road teams had actually scored more points. Now on Sunday and Monday, the home teams did fairly well. Now the points are, uh, what is it? A half point per game. Yes. Um, in a typical game, what are you making your points? One. And what are the circumstances that you're going to do more than one?
1: There are, would have to be some intrinsic value for that team. So for instance, Green Bay with their special home field
0: advantage. Which is about the slickness of the grass. Exactly. Um, Miami, perhaps in the heat and humidity. Um so if there's some intrinsic factor as in it's physical with the location or the stadium.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And wouldn't the Saints playing in a dome with a kind of a different kind of turf be some of that? I don't really think so. Yeah. I think it's wrong. the noise. I think it's the noise. No, it's not one or the other. It can, be, it can be seven factors. Mm. It could be they're eating too much gumbo. But, I mean, to some degree, there's not. that's an old-school dome. They, they just have a different feel to them. I, you know, but, again, we're talking about a half point, so continue. So, you know, even
1: if we gave them one and a half for the home field, we only get to three here.
0: So when I make— Even if it's the placebo effect— of the Saints just being comfortable in their home and them winning so much that has value.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That that certain teams like Minnesota mm-hmm. and the Saints ah and Seattle home and Seattle this is hey we win we this win is here where we win. Yeah, all right, all right. So even if you give them that placebo, I like that term. It's still not enough to get to this number at four and a half. And the situations are so good for Miami
0: for Atlanta. Atlanta off the bye. I agree with this. I think the key is. Raheem Morris. I mean, the thing about Morris, he ha, he, he's been a head coach. It wasn't great. Now, Belichick was a head coach. It he wasn't great. So maybe he learned something. He probably has. And you could make the case they, they'd be 4 0 if they had just kicked a 27 yard field goal, kneel, Neal kick. It's a pretty good chance. Uh, and if they were 4 0, now you got to ask yourself what happens if they had made the coaching change before the season? And what happens if they started 4-0? How different would the narrative be? But fundamentally, with these players, a minimum, you could make the case it's just a fresh start, the new regime. Now, is he going to keep the job? They don't know. But if they like him, they're going to play hard for him because they want him to be the boss in a way. Um, and I'm saying the boss in a way. So I think this isn't just arbitrary. Now, what I know is if you take expected points added, Remove any time that there's garbage time, defined as one team has better than a 90% chance to win. Game's been decided. You remove that, and Atlanta, the last four games, which is the entire tenure of Raheem Moores, Atlanta's the sixth best team in the NFL. Expect the points added. Better than the Saints if you adjust for the absence of Breeze by three points, which the market seems to agree with. So, I think this really is a matter of Atlanta being underrated, Atlanta being focused, because if we're... I don't know if Atlanta... You think Atlanta thinks they have a chance at the playoffs? I don't think so. Not not three and six, I don't think so. So, maybe they hold a little hope, but they got extra motivation. When you have to go looking for motivation, they have extra. One, it's a division game. They hate the Saints, so they want to be a spoiler. Spoiler. And number two, they seem to like this coach, Moore's, and that's they're going to play hard for him. And number three, last
1: year, what was the narrative? Atlanta had a whole lot of fun the second half of the year after starting one and seven. They finished six and two. And they're like, you know what? We can do that again and be excited. And yeah, back to your placebo theory of, hey, that's what we do.
0: Well, I hope that's not what they think. But they're saying <laughs> that's the way we redeem ourselves if yes. we do screw up. All right, so I agree with that. Um, Uncle Dave, Dave Astler, Diamond Dave, has the same game as you. Let's listen.
3: I like about the Falcons plus five over the Saints. Obviously, the basic question is if the move to Atlanta without breeze is warranted, or specifically, is Winston a two-ish point downgrade? And I'll get to that in a minute. But here's the thing about the Falcons. Although they're three and six, they're only minus eight in point differential. And as of Wednesday, the Saints are in advanced protocol because of playing against the Rick Armstead. On paper, the Saints defense has some respectable numbers, highly in favor of the run. However, they're DVOA number one in rushing defense. Well, that might not help them against Atlanta, who can't or doesn't run well anyhow. And for as bad as the Falcons' pass defense is, DVOA twenty-seventh it's Jameis Winston. And their run defense is actually DVOA 7. Look, the Falcons have won three or four. They're off a bye. And that Saints went over the 49ers. They won with 123 yards passing and converting just two or 12 third downs. You know, they're not going to beat Atlanta that way. Matt Ryan isn't Nick Mullins. And Matt Ryan knows exactly what to expect from the Saints' defense. So to answer the original question, I don't think the downgrade reflected in the line is enough, considering everything else the Saints have working against them, which may include Marshawn Latimer not playing. Falcons are 3-1 since Quinn got let go, and in those four games, Ryan's QBR has been 86 or better in all four, 94 or better twice. So I'll take the rested team over the wounded team that's probably going to have some practice interruptions this week.
0: Atlanta Falcons plus five over the Saints. My best bet. And let me tell you something. I don't think I've ever had a major bet on this team. I don't. Green Bay Packers. It's the perfect storm to me, and here's why. This line opened up, and I'm not one to think, oh, the, the odds makers know. This line opened up, and let's do the look ahead. The look-ahead was Green Bay favored by two and a half points. Okay. Now we're Indy's favored by one and a half. So four-point swing, but uh, not exactly because it's through zero. But this line had gone up to Indy two, two and a half. So it did swing you know, upwards of four-plus points, and then it's come back a little. We're getting one and a half, right, on the Yes. Okay. I'm fine with that. Now, what has changed since last week? The Colts looked great on Monday Night Football, or I'm sorry, on Thursday. Mm -hmm. But really, if you look at the look-ahead close, it had not adjusted Green Bay. Look-ahead opened two and a half before that game. It closed on Saturday. After the game, Green Bay favored by two and a half. Again, it shows you it's really an inefficient market, which is an advantage if you're batting it. Because in theory... You would probably say that two thirds of the move would be about the coach, right? Sure. And the other third is Green Bay didn't play well against Jacksonville, but it was very windy. It was a flat spot, and they won. It's hard to. They com- won the yardage by 150 yards. Hard to complain about that. And if you win the NFL, it's good. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, I don't know if I have to handicap much more. I find that to be that the movement should almost be zero. I'm not sure if anything I saw last week would move it at all because the Colts have Tennessee's number. They've won 20 out of 24. They're confident on the road. There was, what, multiple uh, special teams. The
1: idiot punter, backup punter, gifted them two touchdowns.
0: It just was one of those, the scoreboard, faulty final. And you take the history in. How much did you upgrade the Colts, Fed?
1: Take a look, Indianapolis, half a point.
0: That sounds right. How much did you downgrade Green Bay?
1: Green Bay, half a point.
0: All right, let's say I think that's a much, you know, a bit much, meaning a point net net, but let's say it was. This thing has moved even four now. And no one can make the case to me that somehow that this line would have been wrong at minus two and a half. I just don't – I mean, the Colts, who – Mackenzie, put up the – you got the Colts – Game by game next year. anywhere, Faz? Uh, I have to pull it up. Yeah, maybe you might have to turn and type. But I'm gonna ask the question now as Steve tries to type. It well, you don't type, right? You hunt and peg, don't you? Or do you actually type? I typed. I got um, it up. All right. Tell me the best quarterback that the Colts beat this year. Looks like Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Continue. Who's the second best? Stafford. He's playing for the Lions, right? <laughs> yes. All right, and and let's be honest, Minnesota. The way that was the second game of the year. Yes. I mean, Minnesota was shell shocked. I mean, listen, that's a, in hindsight, that's a nice win because Minnesota's good. They weren't good at that point. And Tannehill. And I'll tell you this: you look at Tannehill, and maybe the quarter, because I was on with. Mr. Michael K. today, and uh, they were making a big deal about Tannehill. If you take out garbage time, Tannehill, we were talking about before the show. What were, was he 16th or 18th, McKenzie? 16th, that's right. He's the 16th expected points added. He is Mr. Garbage Time. Mr. Garbage Time. And let's just make the case. The Colts got dominated by the Browns. I mean, they physically, you know, it was like they didn't feel like the Colts could win that game. It might have been the score wasn't that, but they weren't, they weren't in control of that game ever. True or false? True. So, like, they barely beat, I mean, other than this Tennessee win. Now, this might be a big, you know, and we can't forget. This is a team that got, got beat by the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's, you might start wondering, is, are they worse than the Jets? I don't think they are, but I tell you this, if you look at the last month, expected points added again. Jets are like 24th. And again, they played a good game against New England. Jacksonville is, I think, their last. I'm going by memory on that one. So this is a pure value play. And I also know this. Aaron Rodgers picks up his energy. He perks up in bigger games. This is a bigger game. And what is Green Bay's second worst game? Pull up Green Bay. Because I'm going to make the case that we all have in our memory. We all have the domination by Tampa. Okay, let's admit that was a horrendous game. Horrendous. It's the Vikings. Oh, okay. Right, let's accept the following fact they lost two games so obviously they had two bad games um minnesota though in the last month is the best team in the nfl and is not even close so but let's accept that minnesota now is a good team right, not a great team not the best team but a good team so they lost uh you know a fairly close game to a good team and they got dominated by one team what's their third worst game jacksonville and then after that Dead Air they,
1: they don't have one they're, they're all mean, name the other games they beat Minnesota by nine, mm-hmm. beat Detroit by twenty-one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: at New Orleans win by seven.
0: Was it seven? Okay. Yeah. That was when you were saying they weren't very good. Beat, because...
1: Yeah, beat Atlanta by fourteen. Beat you at Houston by fifteen. So I'm saying it's Houston, and the funny when thing, San Francisco crushed them. We're up seven, thirty-seven to three.
0: So my exactly. So my point is that. Green Bay is being colored by that Tampa memory, the echoes of that game.
1: Green Bay's pretty darn good. And thoughts of, oh, they didn't play all that. They played Blousy or or against Minnesota, but the Vikings are good. That's tur that's
0: totally excusable. I mean, listen, going into Chicago and winning like they did. Uh, listen, we saw Tampa in Chicago, right? Yeah, twenty to nineteen. Lose outright. So I mean, and and we've seen the Rams their year go into Chicago and get beat, and Chicago. I mean Nagy's job's on the line. I mean there was a max effort. So to me, I I would say Green Bay might be the fourth or fifth best team. Where you got them? Number four. And so what's your power rating say on this game? So I got Green Bay one point better than
1: Andy. So pick them on a power from one point better. If you look at Indy's yards per play differential, they're plus point nine. That's very good. Point nine. Yes. Yeah, so that's third best in the NFL. But then you got to take a look at Indy's strength of schedule. They've had the easiest strength of schedule in the NFL. So we've the go- worst. The worst. So because of that. Hey, they're not the third-best team. That plus .9 wouldn't be nearly I mean, again, as good. I think there's
0: other flaws with that yards per play. There's no a bunch doubt. of garbage yards. I mean, you know, but No go doubt.
1: Ahead. So the third-best team would be rated about a f- five points better than average. We, that's clearly too high for Indy. Brought him down two points for that strength of schedule, three points better than an average
0: team. All right, so here's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to argue with you on that. I don't agree fully, but we're talking nuance. I think there's another reason to like Green Bay here. And remember, this current line is saying these are even teams. So, even by your power ratings, Green Bay's better, right? Yes. Okay. One point better. Is that right? Correct. So, now, how do we build upon that to get us where we're getting even more value? I believe the following is the Colts' defense because it hasn't played super tough competition, it hasn't excelled against super tough competition, that it's like a variation of the Patriots, which is when the Patriots play a team that's limited, they can take away 80% of their options, and it's only the teams that can access more than 80% of the possibilities, of the potential, the ones that can make that throw across their body, to that far side of the field. And maybe that's more of an analogy, but I do think it's part of that. Like in college, they only defend a percentage of the field because very few of any college quarterbacks can make certain throws. That's a great point, yes. And I think the Colts are very smart, very well coached. But if there's any player still, even at his you know, slightly advanced age, that can make every throw. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the prototype of he can make every throw. Certainly. And I believe that against an elite arm talent, the intelligence of the Colts D, which usually prevails, can actually be almost easily beat. I would not be surprised. I mean, like, what what's the best alternative? Like, like, what's the, war, the uh, what's the biggest payoff I could take on the pack? Could I get like? Plus fourteen and a half, or minus fourteen and a half, or something.
1: Yes, I typically ignore those because what happens is they—it's like a run line in baseball where it's like plus two and a half or plus three and a half. But the bid ask differentials are so great that I rarely look into it because it, you can be right directionally, but you're just dealing into so much extra vig.
0: Except it's really not extra vig, and it's—it's it's something we've never been able to figure out.
1: There, yeah. There's there's not the hold doesn't go up. So you're right that I'm, when I look at the the bid versus the ask the difference, the straddle, the straddle exactly might be eighty cents difference, and and I've struggled with this mathematically why explaining why hey even though the household is the same, it's so much harder to beat.
0: And you're sure it's not just the perception. I'm sure. Okay, so at what point would you say it's still a fair you know lay take? And thus, if I want to play Green Bay to win in a dominating fashion, at what point would you say it's not worth going up above this? Probably six and a half for an
1: alternative line, like seven points.
0: Uh, and what would they, what's the line going to be? What's my take back? It's I'm thinking plus like. Plus 210 at FanDuel. So right now, it's that's plus 210. Yeah. So that's almost like a reverse teaser. Wait, Green Bay minus what is 210? Okay. Mine is six and a half. Yeah. And so. Hmm.
1: That's interesting.
0: It feels like a reverse teaser.
1: So, if 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 I, yeah, it's a reverse teaser. So, let's assume we think Green Bay should be a one point favorite.
0: But I'm not talking about that, though. Yeah. I'll let you do your not. I'm saying I think the distribution of this is going to have fat tails, especially to the Green Bay side. Hmm. I don't think they win. If I'm right, we're going to see it pretty early, you know. And to be candid, if I could bet anything, I'd bet the Green Bay, well, Yeah, if I could bet anything, I would bet the Green Bay team total over. Because I don't, I mean, to me, the other side of this is Phillip Rivers. If you can get him off his spot, he's horrible. I don't know if Green Bay can do that. I mean, I think they're okay, but it's not like the Browns have, you know, the Browns were able to get him off his spot. I don't think Green Bay has a Miles Garrett. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, your handicap is you like Green
1: Bay's offense mm-hmm. to go over the 24 and a half or 25. Yes. Yes.
0: And I think it, I like the game a decent amount because I don't really like their offense either, you know, the Colts. But if I were just betting for myself, I would look at Green Bay team total. And over.
1: you've got some favorable injury stuff for Green Bay. Their left tackle, Bakhtiari, is coming back. He's very good. Uh, they may get back their number two wide receiver, Lazard. So, there may be more options. And I expect the number one wide receiver Adams, is, who's banged up, is going to play for Green Bay. All
0: right. So it sounds like that that plus two hundred here or two ten. You don't think is is ripping us off?
4: <sighs>
0: well, maybe talk out loud what you're thinking. I, I think it is ripping
1: us off because I'm I'm thinking, I, in terms of you know what, if I had a six point favorite. Because I like to turn the six-point favorite to pick them is easier than the pick to plus six. So if I had a six-point favorite and I could lay 210 on the money line, wow, is wow is that cheap. That's a really, really cheap— well, what's
0: a typical lay price?
1: More like minus 250, 245. All right. So that's like an extra 35 cents. Well, what's the take back? Like minus 240 plus 210. So it's exactly what it is. Yeah, but Green Bay, I can get— Remember, I'm not starting to pick. I'm starting at plus one and a half where I'm betting okay. and plus so, two.
0: So what you're saying is whatever the sense value is to get to pick them, which not one and a half is two ticks, it's so maybe 10 cents at most. Yes. Is you're saying that it's pretty much you're getting the underdog payoff you would on a money line because now we just go to plus six. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Plus two ten or so you're saying. And it's costing you an extra 10 cents. So you're paying the normal straddle on the money line plus 10 cents because it's an exotic. Yeah. It's not so bad. That isn't so bad. All
4: right.
0: right, Nice. I'll put a little bonus on that. I I like that because if I'm right, and and this could be an in-game thing too, is if I'm right, we're going to see it early. I mean, Green Bay is going to be marching. And maybe they have a turnover or whatever. You're going to say, boy, they're, they're making some bigger plays. I would look at Aaron Rodgers over. Um, you know, on on quarterback yards and such. I like that a lot, actually. That's interesting. It's almost another way to get at it. Green Bay minus 10.5 plus 360 at FanDuel. All right, so to me, we got an overrated Colts team, an underrated Green Bay team. Colts because of strength of schedule, I think, and they haven't really played quarterbacks with that arm talent. Even the good ones, Kirk Cousins, not massive arm talent. He wasn't even drafted in the first round. Tannehill, no. He was, a, a, he was on the bench. He was a second-string quarterback 15 months ago. I mean, come on. Maybe in this system, with this OC, he's, but he's not a massive arm talent. Aaron Rodgers sits above everyone with that these days in Mahomes, and I'm not even sure... I mean, are we going to say Kirk Cousins or Tannehill is the most armed talent? Cousins. Really?
1: I think so. That's kind of sad. Sacri- Tannehill has the better results. Since when? The last two years.
0: Two years or it's been like 16 games? Yeah. <laughs> so 16 games. Yes. And not so good recently. Yes. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers is in a different planet. That's my best bet. Any closing thoughts, for us? Just, I think if when you're betting this, you do want to make sure
1: that Adams is going to play. No, you he's... don't.
0: Mm, I disagree. You think the line's not going to adjust properly? I don't think so. Mm. I think Adams is right well, there. I've with... never seen so many lines that don't adjust properly. Yeah. You should be able to beat this with no problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you got some convoluted crap that isn't necessarily well, true. Uh, Adams is having so, well, how a hell of a
1: there? year. Really yeah. is.
0: Yeah, it doesn't tell me anything. The question is, how do they do without him? So let me think. What game was that? Was that the Falcons game where they didn't have either the top two guys? Adams was out and Lazard. Mm. It, was that right? I believe so. And mm. they won by 14 easily. So I mean, again, I don't I mean, I don't trust things that I have 15 reps on. I mean, I know Adams is good, but I also know this. I have no idea how good that third string guy is. I've no idea. I don't know. He might be a superstar one day. What I know is the market's pretty good at these things. And I don't think big-name wide receiver. Let me ask you this. If we listen to SportsCenter and we logged every time that any receiver's name in the NFL was, na- was spoken, his name, where where do you think Adams ranks? Name being spoken. Top ten. Top five? Name, name five receivers you hear more. Hopkins, Hopkins. Go ahead, OBJ. Evans. Mm, I don't think so. You, huh. Let's say this: if it's debate shows that are talking Tom Brady every day, yes. Sports Center, no. I, I just think the higher level or the shows that aren't about the drama aren't talking. I mean, Evans. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's because Green he's number. He's the number one receiver on Aaron Rodgers' team, and he's hurt a lot too. Right. So it's like he's, I've been hearing about him being questionable for like two years. So, but let's say Evans is right. Keep going. Recently, Justin Jefferson, because he's having, he's been, he's the best rookie. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, when you get to the point you feel foolish saying it, don't say it. Well, that's recency bias, you know, that he's
1: been playing so well.
0: How's, uh, how's, uh. Scotty Miller? How's little Scotty Miller?
1: Yeah. One catch, four yards. Mm hmm. Won't be the number one receiver for very much longer.
0: Number one receiver? W- what world is he the number one receiver? He, he
1: had the most yards for Tampa and did, prior to last week.
0: Has anyone been betting you about the past? Like, was there any no. bets on that? Nope. They want to bet the future. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, I can, I can get the past pretty right. 2020, baby. I don't know if we've talked this through. It's fu- You know what was funny, McKenzie? The VIG and Fez thought they were trapping me. And you notice, I usually know what bet I'm going to make with these guys, and I'm the one trapping. When I feel like they're trying to trap, I double-check everything. I think it through again, you know. And I said, I don't see it.
2: Plus 152.
0: Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> You know, they could take these tapes and teach go, like some type of class. It, it might be prop betting 101, or not 101, 909 or something. But I think, I think this might be the ultimate, you know, like John Nash and his equilibrium. I don't follow all that. Well, I, I do some of it. All right. Right now, what would I have to give you to up the bet? Would I, if I gave you plus 200, would you do it? No, thank you. So in one week, you went from thinking you were like
1: minus 200. To, to, to basically surrender, yes. <laughs> How Scotty Miller became a DK Metcalf <laughs> uh, is beyond me.
0: The funny thing is, you were all being like, the bookmakers agreed with me. And then you thought it through, and it was, it was
1: probably the side well, well, they put up A.B. the rest of the year at, like, what was it, uh, 329
0: That's right. y- yards? But now you're conflating things again. How do you know what Scotty Miller's numbers would have been? Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. But go ahead. Because you, Scotty Miller's
1: number, like, the first game was, like, 33. Mm-hmm. But obviously you bring up the great point. Wait a minute. Uh, A.B.'s usage is just going to keep going up. And that means we know Evans is going to play. I mean, this
0: is a zero sum game to some degree.
1: Godwin's going to play. Gronk's going to play. Um, poor Scotty Miller. There's not. There's only one football. Yep. And
0: and he's the guy that doesn't have any bark. I Meaning, even if he's PPO, fine. I'll, I'll block someone. I'll return punts. Or maybe he's not going to be happy. But but they're not. They don't think he deserves that say. But everyone else does. All pros, A, B. Yeah. You don't want to disrupt him. All things being equal. Keep AB happy. I mean, it's, it's the squeaky wheel gets oil. Sure. Little Scotty's got a squeaky voice, but he hasn't, he's not a squeaky wheel. Yep. Mackenzie, think of that. In one week, he went from being willing to probably, how much would you have laid?
1: I, I don't even want to get into it. It's so wrong.
0: <laughs> now, the VIG will have some excuse. First, I'll ask him about it next week, and he'll look at me and blink three times. He doesn't even know it happened. Now, it's possible. Uh-huh. AB destroys some more surveillance
1: materials and gets kicked gets suspended. That's my only out right First now.
0: So let's not malign the guy. Um, I'm
1: just talking facts,
0: history. No, no, you're not, though. He didn't destroy material, did he? He destroyed a camera that procured material. Yes. You're acting like he's in the Watergate thing, <laughs> okay. breaking in, you know, throwing, you know, like, like some spy. That... He's
1: not destroying evidence. He's destroying.
0: Well, actually, hold on. I think we actually have some audio footage of the event. One second. So this is the James Bond theme, <laughs> done by Moby, but I think he broke in. He had the gloves, you know, and it was his little camera he had. I wasn't sure what it did exactly. Is that what you are saying, Fed? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. You're giving a lot of credit, Avi. What he did was he swung like a baseball bat or something <laughs> at, a, at a camera, right?
1: Threw a football at it, something like that. Yeah.
0: All right. So I think we've concluded. I'm better at prop bets than you. Now, did you before you met me? Did you think you were the best?
1: No, the I hit, mean, the, I thought the hitman was the best
0: before you met me.
1: Oh, I didn't not, know the. I'm man. not talking about yep.
0: prop bets. I'm saying proposition bets, as in two people are debating something. Yes, because and-
1: everyone I made prop bets with, I wound up winning against, and they stopped betting me till I met you.
0: Remember in The Wire? You didn't watch The Wire, did you? Omar at one point was hiding out, I think, in the islands or something. And he walked down to get Honey Nut Cheerios. That was Omar's breakfast of choice. And he walked down in his robe. And he didn't even take his gun because he didn't know where to put it. And when he walked to just get Cheerios, and this wasn't the islands. This was still in Baltimore. He walked to get, because he did hide out at one point he walked and people started dropping their packages which was the dope down cuz they saw Omar coming and they didn't even fight. they didn't see if he had a gun or not they just said there's Omar give him the dope he take cuz he robs drug dealers he came back and he was troubled he said something like if you're playing with the puppies during the day What happens when at night you got to run with the dogs or something like that? The theory being that if everyone who's kind of weak is so weak they don't fight back, then Omar's going to get soft, and when he's got to fight another grown-up dog, he's going to be in trouble. So you got soft. No doubt. You got complacent. No doubt. Thinking, I can win. It's easy to win.
1: I'm not going to name names and embarrass guys like Leon, but uh, (laughs) no doubt about it.
0: Remember... Did you see Patton? No. Nah, why? Right? Nah, no, why? I mean, just Oscar winner? Just yeah. watch Fast Times at Richmond High 17 times. That's all. Right. Well, listen, that, that can be the first month, and then you move on. I love Fast Times. But I, I think that's a great movie, actually. For a teen movie, it's great. I mean, it's, it, it's got the things you like, and it's got other things, too. I thought it represented, like, a girl's Im- ambivalence about sex. Where on one hand they they have the same physical, you know, or not the same, let's say, but comparable physical desires. So they want to feel good, right? And but then society's saying don't because you're the SLUT if you do. And it's like, oh, but well, what about the double standard? But then there's the last piece. If they don't have confidence, they think that's the only thing they got that the guy wants. And thus, they give it up because of that. And then it it corrupts it. Even if it would feel good, it's for another reason. And a very complicated concept, obviously, uh, or at least complicated portray. And it was portray. i don't know if there's been another movie that showed it as well. And that was, you know, with the—I uh, guess it was the Jennifer Jason Lee character— um, that whole thing might have been, like, seven minutes. If you just snipped that out of the movie, it really showed a lot in seven minutes. Did you get any of that when yeah, you watched
1: it? Well, I mean, she and she had two encounters, right? Ron, the stereo guy, uh-huh. and then Damone, the uh-huh. bookie ticket remember, scalper.
0: Remember, Damone, who was supposed to be, you know, a ladies' man. Remember Zeppelin 3? Yeah, it wasn't Zeppelin 3, but still, side two, is... <laughs> But when she and him got together, he wanted something, at least his instinct was kind of genuine, and she just threw herself at him, remember, at her house, because that's what she understood. That's what guys wanted. See? So then he fled her. He so, did. So now what happens is the guys that are going to want the thing you don't want to give are going to react to the way that the first guy or the early guys taught you to be. Eh, very complicated. It is. I mean, it's a, it's a. There's not many Spicoli-esque movies that have that sub. You know, the subplots I thought were pretty good. And even look at um, the dude who had the job. You know, this is a little All American burger. Yeah, a little more simplistic, but you know, the grass is greener. Huh? All right. Now we're gonna go rotation order. Five minutes a game. Browns, Eagles. Faz, I gotta lean towards the Eagles. What you got? I
1: gotta lean towards the Eagles as well. This isn't one of your five. It is not. You've
0: only given one so far, right? That's right. right, I got.
1: I like the over, and the reason I like the over, and this is simplistic, but I think it works. What is the what have the Browns done their last two games? Well, they played in 50-mile-an-hour wins, and they played in 35-mile-an-hour wins. All right, wins. so you think
0: their the, the, the point scoring is so depressed that the market's not going to get it right.
1: Exactly, because people, let's face it, people are like, it's like that hot stove. You put your hand on a Cleveland over, ah, drawing dead back-to-back games. And because of that, we're getting a very reasonable 47 here. Now, w- why
0: is it reasonable?
1: Well, the NFL average is around 49. Okay. And I think the
0: perception is, ah, Cleveland. Oh, I don't North. care about perception. What do you think the line should be? I think it should Joe be. do just add two points to the current line. Explain why it should be this. I th- I think it should be 49
1: and a half. Why? Because Cleveland is a team that has had no offense. The and, and the and the narrative is, oh, Baker Mayfield can't throw the ball as well. And I agree, Baker struggles.
0: I haven't heard any reasons yet.
1: Okay. Cleveland. Not only did they have to play two games in the horrible conditions, yeah, you're but, yourself. Okay, but now they've got their best running back, Chubb, back. they got their best lineman, okay, Teller, so that back. That
0: means that if somehow there was a line created without Chubb, then this line should be higher, though we can debate if you run the ball more, should it be higher? Maybe not. I don't know. But I'm still not hearing any reference numbers. So, Mackenzie, let's do this. It's back to directional stuff, right? And this is very simplistic, But let's just, again, we can make adjustments for two, you know, the win games or whatever. But use a super sheet, uh, skip the last two games for Cleveland, and let's see what the, um, you know, point, uh, the average output has been offense and defense. And do the same thing with Philly. Now, what do we want to do here? Philly, I don't think we can pick individual games. Do we add two points for injury? So what's this week look like injury-wise? Last week, you had—now, remember now, you loved the Eagles. I loved them. I liked the Giants. Yep, you did. You won a bet on it. Yep. Uh, What I'm saying is make your case of what happened in that game and specifically how—on what Sunday, how was the injuries versus expectation? What's going to change this week?
1: Okay, nothing's going to change as far as the injuries because they got their guys back. They got Miles Sanders back. They got uh, their tight end Goddard back. They got their wide receiver Jeffrey back. The Eagles, Hi, come on. the Eagles did put up some offense, but they went over nine on third down conversions. They they bagel. They didn't get one third down conversion. That's why the Eagles only scored seventeen points. And that Eagles defense underperformed, gave up twenty seven, and um, basically could not stop the Giants. Hmm.
0: So. How much better is this offense with the players back for the Eagles than the offense that the season numbers would show?
1: Three points better.
0: And where do you get that?
1: Miles Sanders by himself, number one running back in the NFL in terms of yards per play, and he missed four games.
0: Okay, that doesn't tell me anything about how many points he's worth, and it seems like whatever he's worth, it would only be four out of the... Yeah,
1: only half of the games that he missed, So...
0: Uh, most he's worth a half a point. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, I'm think I'm thinking about he's worth a point versus you know him not being there, you know, because if he's been so dynamic.
0: Even if it's a point, it's gonna be a half point per game, right? Because he because he didn't miss them all. You missed less right. than half. Go ahead. Dallas Goddard's worth
1: half a point because nah, Ertz their number. On. No, it's because Ertz their number one tight end is out. So it's it's. And a how matter. many
0: times was both tight ends out?
1: They were both out. Like you're 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 right. It's like four games. All yeah, right, So. so. Continue. So that's worth half a point. Can we agree maybe
0: three is a little high? Three is too high. I'm going to say two just to be generous. I don't even know if it's that. One and a half to two. I agree. And what I will say is, and we'll get Mackenzie's thoughts or not thoughts, the data. It, no, no, no. Is I believe this is a typical everyone's given up on the Eagles. And it's because everyone's saying, hey, you just Wait. Maybe the Eagles are bad. The offense is bad. But when they get back, so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, you're going to see the truth. And then the first game, which it takes a while to integrate those players back in, you lose to the Giants when you had Daniel Jones, I think was 1-19 in against everyone but Washington. And it's a must-win game. It's, and now it's like, ah, screw this. It's like if you're with a girl and she seems to be selfish, and she, you know, calls, you know, begs off dates when it's convenient. But then if she, if you say, listen, for my peace of mind, you got to be here for my birthday. And if she doesn't show up for your birthday, you it's like it becomes irrational at that point, right? <laughs> so it feels like this was the game that everyone gave up on the Eagles. I want to play them the week after. Now, to me, that makes me more inclined to like them, um, you know, plus three and a half. But I think it speaks a little bit to giving up on the offense and wins. All right, what we got, Mackenzie?
2: So, but, uh, but not counting the last two games, Browns games have gone eleven points over the total.
0: I right, just get. I, I want to know the number of points scored in Browns games other than the last two. What's the mean? Sixty
2: for uh, Browns games before the last two.
0: Okay. So, McKenzie, you got those numbers? I do. All right. So, what is the average for the Browns in their games? How many points? If you take out the last two, the win being so prevalent in those games. 60
2: combined points. Wow, 60.
0: And then, same question with the Eagles. 48. Excellent. Thank you. Okay. We're going to give the Eagles two. So, let's say the Eagles are at mark or at league. It's about 50, right? The league average. Browns are up 10. So it seems like in general, if I'm just guessing, I don't think 55, right? Because you could say 10 points divided by two. I think 53 would be the, if I would have guessed his number just on that data, I would have guessed 53, 53 and a half. Yes. What would you have guessed? The same. The line is?
1: 47 and a half.
0: Now, remember, one of my RJ tenants you don't just have to think the number's wrong. You got to be able to explain why it's wrong. Now, it's not the wind, because we've removed. What we're saying is mathematically. Yeah, well, maybe it is. Meaning, if we say, if you just roll in those two games, Mackenzie, roll in those two, roll in the whole season for the Browns. If it comes in like a forty-eight, that's going to get interesting. Fifty-one. Okay. All right. So, I mean, I guess in a way we can say it seems so obvious, they should, but I mean, if the numbers are saying it, it's making your case. All right. Is this like one of your favorite totals of the year? This one's I mean, if this is the cause, if we're just literally laying five or six less points because of that, this would be as good or bad as anything, right? Yes. So, the, But I didn't hear that in, in your tone, that you thought this was like a monster.
1: I, I think it's a monster.
0: You sound like, like you're in a hostage video. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think. Like, walk it through.
1: I think that the, every better that's bet the total in Cleveland the last two weeks and has watched the game said, there's no way I'm betting this game or this team over so you again. You
0: think a lot of smart betters? Because I would get if the line started dropping – on Sunday, but, like, we're recording on Thursday, a day late here. No one's bet a total yet that isn't a serious batter. Or, or let's say they're It's is, true. So I don't think there's many serious people betting on Tuesdays that didn't know about the wind, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think the bookies, I mean, if anything, what we're saying is the bookies don't account for these things because there's too many variables, and they kind of let the bet shape them up. So it's not like the opener. I get the whole idea and maybe maybe it's this simple. Is there's a mechanical formula to how they come up with the openers to some degree. The numbers are gonna spit out a lower number because of those win. And maybe the better the question is maybe the better's are weight. So what's been the move on this total? It looks like it opened 47 and it's gone up to 47.5. But it's 47.5 under 15. So there's been a, you know. Less than 10 cents of upward pressure here. Yes. Okay. Now what's interesting is I'm looking at, at pregame.com, they actually we have a little graph up there. It looks like the total open dropped big, went right back up, then dropped again big and went right back up. It's like a, a zigzag like you rarely see. Do you have any idea what the moves were? Yeah, I know that there was a
1: weather forecast that was like, oh, might be some more wind in Cleveland. <laughs> Under, under, under. Like 18 miles an hour, and everyone's like, oh, I've seen this movie before, and I think that those were the spikes downward. Latest forecast, only 12 miles an hour.
0: I like this game. I do. I do. Because it's not – because you got a double whammy. The numbers are being affected, but you're talking about the psychology. These batters are human – you bet under or over, you lose. You bet over, you lose. You don't want to bet over in the same place. By the way, when's the Browns, when's the last time they left Cleveland? Yeah, this is their third
1: straight home game and a, a bye. And a bye, exactly. So they've been in Cleveland for a month.
0: When's the last time they played? Give me the date, Mackenzie, of Cleveland's last road game. Brown Cleveland's just so lucky. <laughs> All right, um, That was October 25th. So before Thanksgiving... Maybe they were the super spreaders.
2: Halloween. Halloween,
0: you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Halloween. I'm thinking of Thanksgiving. All right. And then their next road game will be next week. What's the date then? November. What?
2: 29th. So a full month plus four days.
0: Thanks, Mackenzie. <laughs> 29th was enough. <laughs> it's like he's talking to his grandma. Say, like, see. The internet wireless means you don't need wires. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I like the side. So my think so I think the same rationale that in week two, the return players help applies to the side. I think you've got the advantage, and thus I like your bet better. And I'm gonna bet this. I think we should get to it though, because we'd be ambivalent we'd be ambivalent, Fez, if we thought the public was going to be coming in thinking, okay, they might – well, I guess the public would be betting it up. So, in general, I like to bet overs early and unders late. I'm not even sure the public's going to – I don't know. I don't see the public betting the over. I don't see them betting the under either. But if you had to guess, like, what the public percentage is going to be, I mean, what I know is if you look at pregame right now, the ticket count is under – 63%, 63%, and the cash is under 69%. Hmm. So if you look at the rest of these, I don't think there's one. Now, this is great. Saints is over 78. Texans is over 53. Jags is over 68. Colts is over 79. Red, oh, uh, Washington is over 85. Ravens is over 58. So this is the only one under. (laughs) That speaks to your theory. This is early action, and it's supposed to be sharper, but even that, no one wants the over. And remember, not only did both
1: these Cleveland games go under by a mile, the line moves were unbelievable in Cleveland games where they dropped literally eight points, nine points on both games. So betters remember that. Oh, if I'm going to bet a total in Cleveland, bet, bet the under
0: early. You know, I'm going to wait, but I like this. I like this. gonna see what the market does. And that's the thing, Fez, you're on top of it. In theory, what we could do is say, and if you are more aggressive as a better or, let's say, more engaged, if you're watching the screen a bunch or if you have a partner and you're both watching it or at different times, and tell me if you do this, in theory, what we could say is this. If it starts moving over, meaning the total is going to go up, then... Catch a lagging book and grab, let's say, 47 and a half, which is available now widely. And in theory, that means the worst you're going to get is 47 and a half, right? Now, it could get hit so hard and so fast with the synchronicity or I guess in concert, however you want to say it, all at the same time, that you don't have a chance. And that's why I think that this industry will get so much better when you can put an order in, right? Where like with a stock... Right? Mm-hmm. If you could say, uh, let's say the, the different ways to do it is you could pick five books that are your um, market books with your software, and then you could say as soon as three of these books are over 47 and a half, and whatever that threshold is, is it a penny over? Is it a half point over? However, you or, or this system would probably do what you do, which is take the 47s, 47.5, 48s, and say, okay, the current number is 40. I think it's fair to say right now the current number is 47.35. Yes. It's it's more than halfway, if not a little bit more, or fairly significantly more than halfway towards 47.5, more than 47, Mm -hmm. but it's not all the way at 47.5 because there's some reduced juice. Okay. You could say when that number reaches – 47.95, right? whatever way it does it, then buy order at the best current number on the over if that number is equal to or better than 47 minus 110. Or I'm sorry, 47. And a half, half minus 110. 110. Now Now that th-
1: is exactly how I bet. That is exactly but how you, I bet but when you're having I'm having to watch the to the screen. screen. Yeah. And yeah. It
0: would not be that hard.
1: because there's no reason for me to bet it, because I might get 47, exactly. but the second, uh oh. It's the 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 fire sale is almost about to end. I got to get I got to get that forty seven and a half while the getting's good because it's disappearing.
0: Yeah, and 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 that takes a lot. One, even as hard as you work at it, you're not at the screen. You know, how many hours a day are you watching the screen? Right, it's going to be. You know, it's certainly less than twelve. (laughs) <laughs> right. And, and it's, you know, much less than 12 because even if you're on the phone, you know, you can't. So to me, a program like that would increase the betting handle a ton amongst serious batters and the books would be fine. I mean, like there's no I guess if you're a lagging book and you don't want to take that last bet, it's like then you should just move it anyway. Once the mark, you know, but again, some books, though, they like to have a bet. They don't want
1: to move on air. If their limits aren't that big.
0: And maybe that would have to be the deal to get books involved would be they have a certain tolerance for because really that's the only thing would be because that's what the books are. And that's why they're so God darn conservative. They're afraid that some news is going to break and someone's going to there's going to be three limit bets in before they can move it. You know, like that's why they take down uh, Kansas City,
1: Vegas, Casey's my six and a half. Here comes the covid quarantine, yeah. you know, the
0: COVID. I can see why they're scared just because it's yeah. so much uncertainty, but I'm saying things like the NBA, um, you know, where someone going to, or, or let's think about this.
2: Westgate took down their NBA win totals after the draft. Not really any reason to do that, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, but I think that's one where they're going to reevaluate and put up new numbers, mm, Okay. right? Which I kind of think there's a bunch of new information. I don't think they've had a chance to interpret yet, really. And, I, and there could
1: be, you know, a flurry of trades the day after.
0: Now, that is the example I'm going for that I do disagree with. Meaning, all right, a trade happens, so what's going to happen? Like, what is the worst case? You get it five minutes later, and lo and behold, there's been two limit bets on you. So, the question is, how much, like, what would that limit bet be? So, let's say it's a modest trade, and let's say it would move the uh, team total, win total up two wins, let's say.
1: What if Harden gets traded?
0: Okay, so Harden gets traded. All right, so the theory is you are they're not afraid. All right. So on one hand, I guess if they have a win total, people could be betting under Houston. That would be a catastrophe. Yes. Yeah, and, and listen, I'm not saying there's never a case that this is warranted. I'm saying, and this is another thing, and this is where being regulated is a disadvantage. If you're betting with someone you know, and you're like, listen, I, I can turn you on or off when it comes, you know, let's say our, you know, low-risk offerings, which is we're going to anything, you know, like you're going to be extra uh, ambitious taking things off the board, right? Or, listen, if you're batting news and you bet me and try to get is, you know, that'll be the last minute you're on the low risk. In fact, that, you know, if you – if people know if you're bet, if you're batting news – you're pretty much saying I'm trying to bet against the book with knowledge the book doesn't have, because if the book had it, it would have changed the number. I don't mind people, I don't begrudge them that, but wouldn't you rather, as a better, bet fairly, not on news, but fairly, and have the offerings all the time, or only have the offerings a percentage of the time, because they're, because, uh, the books are being scared that they're going to get beat on news. Listen, if I think I can beat news, I probably want to beat news. But the books aren't going to let you beat news. They're going to take it down. So if everyone just agreed, to take like PEDs, If everyone agreed not to use them, now how do you do that, right? If no one would have to use them. And you know what? Everyone would have had the same home runs probably or the same ratio. It would have all been down 30% or whatever. But bonds would have had the most. He just would have had 54 instead of 72 or whatever, or 73. It's just every, but instead everyone kept trying to get, it's like golf. If they decide, you know, minor leagues don't have, or I'm sorry, minor leagues or major leagues don't have metal bats, Mm -hmm. but college does. So imagine how stupid it would be like at the masters where everyone's got these super long, you know, drivers with titanium and they're thinking, how do we redo the course? Let me think maybe make it where those drivers and balls, let's keep it all with the technology is where it was, then everything feels the same. Instead, everyone's 30 yards longer to what end? Because everyone's 30 yards longer. So it means no one has any, you know, it's like whoever drove longer with the prior technology would be driving longer now. Just everything's 30 yards longer.
1: And and all these courses that have been around since 1920 have become
0: obsolete because of this. And... I think we've seen that, and I think, first off, wooden bats are the greatest example of that, right? Now, some of that is you might get killed, like, literally, with, like, metal bats with some of these hitters are so good, like, the pitcher's going to get him back in his face. Real good point. Yeah, so, I mean, I think there's good reasons for it. But, you know, and last thing, another analogy was, we talked about Michael Phelps, and I think that, yeah, that's part that's going to the end of the show, is, I think it was 12, but he there was a new... Um, type of synthetic skin suit that they were wearing. And, like, every record got like was, like, two or three seconds knocked off. Like, everyone got faster. Now, in this case, I'm not so sure it hurts much except the record book because it's kind of cool to see those guys swimming faster in theory because visually it's more appealing. But, like, with golf, you can't tell how far that ball goes. Like, you see that shot, it rockets up. I mean, does it really... Do you know if it went 270 yards or 290 yards? Well, you do now with the the, the golf tracers and the like yeah. they they the new
1: technology. They show they they actually show you as soon as um, Deschambault's drive finishes. Oh, That's 346.
0: Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is, if you thought 316 was as good as 346, that there was no because one day if, all relative, yeah. If things keep keep up, it's going to be 396. Yep, but it's all against the other people, so you know. It's an interesting conversation because there is the objective overriding fact sometimes, which is you know, 396 is more than 366, is more than 316. I know my drives rarely got past 220. That's what I know. All right. The hitman He slices mightily. The hitman? Oh yeah. Well, when you when you have see through skin, there's things there's things amiss. But what doesn't miss much are his picks. The hitman. Let's listen. Best bet, Eagles plus three and a half. There's
1: a formula for stopping the Browns offense. It's pressure on the quarterback and stopping the run forcing Baker Mayfield to beat you through the air with limited pass game weapons. The Eagles are sixth in the NFL in pressure percentage, and that's with having the league's seventh lowest blitz rate. Eagles also on the year, allowing only 3.4 yards per carry to opposing backfields. In the offseason, the Eagles were considered a nine and a half win team. Obviously, injuries derailed their season, but in the last few weeks, they've gotten a ton of those offensive pieces back that they were projected to have in the offseason. The look ahead line on this game was browns minus two i think the adjustment from last week is too much
5: eagles plus the three and a half best bet
0: oh the hitman agrees with rj formula to beat the browns stop the run pressure the qb eagles are relatively good at both give us the three and a half he's talented have you talked to him about your over here
1: I have not because I've just spoken with him about sides so far.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. I like it. Next game. You had a best bet, by the way, on the Falcons. Panthers, Lions. Yeah. That was about five minutes. Panthers. <laughs> Panthers, Lions, two and a half, it is. This assumes these are about even teams. Panthers a little bit better. What do you got, Fess?
1: Yeah, so let's talk about the quarterback here. So Teddy Bridgewater, very unlikely to play, which means— Okay, so
0: this is why the current market, I think you said Circa has a number?
1: Yeah, so current market, let me double-check it.
0: All right, so what we'll do is there's a very good chance we'll probably take if there's a lot of points here. Because remember, when we take the points, meaning that the market is— a point and a half different than the contest offerings come Saturday night. I don't know if that's going to be the third pick or the fourth pick or the fifth. But by the fifth, it's going to be very rare that we like a pick, a fifth pick more than we like those points. And also, it lowers the stakes a little bit because such a high percentage of people are going to take those points. It's almost like it's a four-pick contest that day, that week. And if you're not so great on your fifth pick, then you'd rather do that. Now, as the season progresses, and right now after our four-zero-one one week, and by the way, I should be very explicit about this, um, you know, the, uh, my favorite pick was San Francisco. If you follow me on Twitter, at RJ in Vegas, at RJ in Vegas, I explain when I put out the picks, my favorite pick was San Fran plus 10 and a half or 10 at the time. That lost. But the uh, the contest was at 9, right? I liked it at 9, but the fact the line goes up to 10, you might say, well, RJ, doesn't change. You liked it at 9 on Wednesday. Except now I have to buck the market. I'm saying it's tough enough to beat the market. Now I'm going to take one less point than the market wants to give me? I don't want to bet that at 9. Now here's the flip side. As you progress towards the end of the year, if you got ground to make up, you can't play – the plays that are going to be correlated to your opponents. Because if I'm up a half a game on Fez and we bet the exact same games, guess what? He can't catch me. So the more games we disagree on, or the more games that we don't ag- don't agree on, the better chance I've got. And if we disagree, one win equals two. Because it's a guaranteed loser for the other one. And that's why, not in 2019, but in 18, when we were... Only a game or two, or I guess we were tied with two weeks to go in the gold, and then we were down like two games, I think it was, the last week. We went total contrarian because I'd rather have a 40% game that if we win, we pick up an automatic loser from them because if we both were flipping coins on different games, the odds are only 25% that I pick up the full game. It means we both would have to – well, I would have to win. They'd have to lose. That's only going to happen a quarter of the time if you're flipping coins. So I'd rather take 40% – and there's no game that's going to be – well, I guess if the line moved enough. But I'd rather have a 40% chance to pick up the game every time there. You agree with that? as you're a master at the meta.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You've, you've got to go contrarian. Now, I
0: understand that. But the way I explained it, do you agree y- with it?
1: Yes. It. it, it you, you only had to – We basically had to go four and one on bad plays, as opposed to having to go four and one and root for them to go one and four on completely um, uh, uncorrelated plays.
0: Yeah, just mathematically, there's a better chance. Now, to me, one of the things that's interesting, there's times we'll pass on the points because if I like the other, like I in theory you could say, well, hell, you should have taken and laid it. With the Saints, because you're saying you got a point there, you love those point. and it's up to 10, it was, but I thought the line should have been less, thus my action in that game was not taking the Saints, because mm-hmm. that was the obvious play, so not taking it in a way is making a statement.
1: Yes, because you know you can f- forecast what the majority of your opponents who take the game are going to play, and so you have an implied position
0: even without selecting that so game. So when you take the points, you're pretty much saying, I want to I want to flatten the effect of this game.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: When you don't take the points, you're saying, I'm making an impl- kind of an implicit bet against it, and if you actually are willing to take the bad number, like Fez one time said, I'm going to lay three and a half, even though the market's three. He was making a big, big bet on that loser. Yes. Steelers against the Chargers, if I recall. <sighs> that started us down. I think I'd have a gold medallion right now. Because that remember, that was like with five weeks to go. If we would have had that win, instead of being tied in week 16 for the lead, we would have been in the lead. And who knows what would have yep, happened then. You're right. So in a way, I think maybe we'll start saying you have one Super Contest. The two you won, but you got to subtract the one you cost me.
1: I could wind up negative. <laughs> that was funny. All right. What else we got? Okay, so uh, Bridgewater, very unlikely to play. Looks like it's going to be either P.J. Walker, and I think it's going to be P.J. Walker, um, or the God, the kid from West Virginia, um, Will Greer. McKen- Greer, Will Greer.
0: Either way— So, Will Greer, the guy that they started in week, like, 14 last year— Was
1: horrendous, yes. right. So, I think it's going to be P.J. Walker, the, uh, the best player in the XFL, by the way. Houston quarterback was going to be the MVP.
0: So, you got books of analysis on him
1: right <laughs> I He has very few reps in the NFL, but, he, but he, he went to Temple, and he was their quarterback, did very well, and Rule was was his coach. Well, he didn't do that well. He,
0: he did well. Well, then where was he drafted?
1: I don't have his draft.
0: Let me guess, he wasn't. But but the point is, Rule was his coach. Oh well, no, that isn't the point. The point was, you said he did well. You're right. And I'm saying not so. Rule well. knows what he's got. Yes. In PJ Walker, so you know, I have a, as a five-point adjustment. Now let's remember now, a backup quarterback in theory is a guy you're almost hiring an, like a, a low-level coach. Because you never expect – the third stringer, I mean, you never expect – and that's the thing. Effectively, walk, I mean, who's the second stringer? So who's been dressed in?
1: Believe both of
0: them. No way.
1: Uh, you're right. P.J. Walker's been dressed P.J. Walker has had playing time. How can you not open
0: and somehow change your answer three times? Sorry,
1: sorry. P.J. Walker has gotten some play time, and Will Greer has not.
0: Okay. So why it doesn't make any – because every play, a team is one play away from having to put their backup quarterback in. Yes. I guess in theory, if each week there's going to be a different game plan, you're going to have the smarter quarterback be the backup. But if you have a whole week to prepare, maybe the more talented quarterback gets, jumps the backup because it's not having to learn a new – it's learned this game plan – So maybe – I mean, you got to think Greer was picked, what, in the third round or something? Yes, he was. So he's got to have a better pedigree physically than Walker. So that's an interesting one. All right, go ahead.
1: There's things I don't like about either team here. Carolina. Has not had a buy. Well, you
0: just you and Maddie had the double like on Carolina I that you. I saved us from.
1: I hear you. Um, Go ahead. Not just saved us, but you've just said 40, I said that Tampa's going to kill them, and and they did. You know what I saw? Not only did Tampa win by twenty three.
0: Remember, it was a tough game at halftime.
1: Tampa, yeah, Tampa missed like three touchdown passes. I mean, by Brady, no. he didn't throw bad passes. He just barely missed.
0: So I don't think of those things. I just look at the score.
1: Yes. So Carolina, no buy, and. So far, or they won't so, have a buy. They have not had a buy so far. They'll get one mm-hmm. week 13. Everyone else except for Tampa Bay will have had a bye um, in the NFL, and I think this is the time of year to start paying attention to that. Teams perhaps a little bit on fumes, right? Mm. So I think that's got to be a negative. I don't know how much to value that, but certainly that's a negative on Carolina. Now, Detroit, I was going to come in uh, early on. My note said, wow, I really like the change they made at running back. They finally went to their rookie, Swift, who's – Numbers have been much better than Adrian Peterson.
0: Now, is he fast?
1: Swift is fast, and he's about a yard better per carry, two yards better per um, pass reception. So big upgrade. He got 16.
0: Compared con- to Peterson.
1: Compared to Pe- Peterson. So AP only got four carries. Swift got 16 last week. And I'm like, finally, Patricia has figured it out. Swift- they rocket science. Exactly. Then Swift got.
0: Finally con- catching up defense.
1: Swift got concussed midweek. I don't think he's going to play. So- Slowed him down. I think it's going <laughs> to knock him out. So we're back to AP and carry on Johnson. So forget Detroit upgrading Detroit at running back, downgrade them because of that. So negatives on both sides.
0: You got to wonder. So I noticed in the box score, Peterson, it was four carries. Yeah. So that's the one time they ticked him way down. And now he is their only back effectively.
1: Well, carry on Johnson probably you'll get.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So Johnson, last year, he was like a borderline all-pro, right? And then he got hurt and missed a lot of games. Yeah, it just hasn't been the same since. So you think that one injury is like somehow lingering? I can't explain it. It hasn't been the same back. What round they, was Swift the first round or the second round?
1: I think, I think end of the first round.
0: Uh, yeah, well, because it just, I guess in a way, if it was even the first or the second.
2: Early it, second round, 30 Yeah.
0: Homes. So it's kind of saying they knew, Johnson, that something wasn't right. Because why do you pick another back that early? It's not like the Lions don't have other issues. Right. I mean, can you draft a coach? (laughs) Yeah, you know, this is a simple one to me. It's Panthers or nothing. It feels like when you have coaches on the ends of the diligence spectrum, as in, like, in our Chargers Miami bat last week, they tend to exploit each other, meaning a a Belichick's next level. But, you know, a McVay versus an average coach, it's a little bit of an edge. But versus a bad coach, I think it's an edge. uh, I don't want to say exponential, but it's compounded because the things that a good coach can take advantage of, there's just more. It's almost like if you're a karate person, and part of it is you don't want to expose, like, you know, Hey, he can grab that elbow. He can grab that. Like, how many different points of attack are you presenting? It feels like a bad coach presents a lot more points of attack for a good coach.
4: Mm.
0: And I think we see it when it's good versus bad. There's blocked it. I mean, to me, I like Rule. I don't like Patricia. I can't play the Lions. I also think... I cannot think of playing PJ, Texas, Ranger, Walker, or let's just say this. If Greer plays, I I wanna I, I probably wanna play the lines. Yeah. So I'm passing. Patriots, Texans. Now let's talk about the line move here. The current number one and a half. And that's the Patriots favorite. On the road. Now the Texans fans... As much as the Falcons have been getting love and it hasn't always felt warranted, Minnesota early was getting love. There's usually a good rhyme or reason to this, which is the numbers are saying something different than the scoreboard. And uh, those numbers don't change that fast. We're week to week. However, in a weird way, the whole premise that the numbers are more important than the scoreboard means that no matter what happens that next game, as long as it doesn't, F with the numbers too much. You're gonna still like that team, and still, and that's like with the Browns. The Browns was being bet year, a couple years ago every week, and they kept losing, mm-hmm. and you were like, "How are they still betting?" Because they're not looking at the results, or looking at the per play results, not yards per play necessarily, but that, and they're saying, "Hey, the fundamentals are still the fundamentals are still there." Well, the Texans are the one team this year that in no way have they shown the belief in the fundamentals to be warranted but their fundamentals are better than the record because they still are getting this line open with the Texans favored, right? It did. Let me get these numbers. So Houston,
1: look at minus three.
0: Mm-hmm. Houston was considered the better team.
1: Yes. World opener, Houston minus two and a half. Monday, Houston minus one. All the money on the Patriots. Patriots currently lay in the two.
0: And it's one and a half with the Super Contest. To me, at this number, a two especially, I like the Texans, but I don't bet against Bill Belichick. So I'm passing.
1: You know, I like the Texans. I can make a case that the Texans are underrated. because How are that-
0: you doing betting against Belichick?
1: No one does well betting against Belichick.
0: So why are you doing it? You're right. Is this one of your picks? Mm. Second. It is. Okay. Conveniently. Let me make my case. It doesn't matter. I'll
1: be brief. <laughs> Texans undervalued based upon the Cleveland game. I talked about it. I got this team from the South, plays in a Dome, has to play in these horrible conditions that Cleveland was used to. That what oh, 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 okay. So go they ahead. got run all over. I expected it, all right? I thought it was a really bad didn't spot. Didn't cover. They did cover, the Texans. I'm saying you didn't cover. I didn't what cover. you expected. Yeah, exactly. So don't be all haughty. Yeah. I expected to lose out. I don't want to lose another remote tonight. Uh, <laughs> the flip side is New England caught a break with the weather against Baltimore. Now why is
0: that? Well, I mean, they had to play in the same weather as Baltimore because
1: they, even when they interviewed Cam, Cam t- spoke about, "Hey, you know, we we practice with the wet balls hey, all the time." They caught a break
0: because they have Belichick as a coach. Ex- That's exact. always the but, case. But 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 when you
1: got a really good coach, these weird, quirky it, weather Har- conditions. Where's
0: John Harbaugh rank? I think I've like got fifth him. or sixth.
1: Yeah, one second.
0: Yeah, maybe you don't have to speculate, just pull out your sheet. One second. Yeah, you're talking off mic. All right. This is Steve trying to find a sheet. Took him- number five. Okay. So this is you're saying the number five coach got out coached so badly and easily. All right, yes. continue.
1: Maybe it's time to revisit that coaches. Or
0: maybe it's time yes. to have one list that has just Belichick's name and then another list <laughs> with every other name. Yes. Go ahead.
1: It's a great point. So, bottom line is Baltimore had two snaps in the monsoon in the second half, go past their their quarterback, two sacks because of that. That really- right, so,
0: so, let's, we're in a minutia. You're mm-hmm. saying that somehow magically, because it's Belichick, he was able to make the wind and the rain not matter. And thus, we dismiss what the Ravens did. We dismiss the win, but the market doesn't dismiss it. Thus, his movements being driven by the result, and you're saying the result's invalidated. Yes. Okay, what else?
1: New England also caught a break that Baltimore did get so many significant injuries during that game, and that helped them win the game as well.
0: hmm And how do you explain the fact that Texans, what's their record? Texans are 2-7. and hmm So this line is, you know, not that long ago this line was saying, that these were even teams. I mean, the market's just playing. I mean, is, is it just if the Texans played 10,000 games, we'd catch up to what the truth seems to be? Because I don't see in the scores, like, you know, looking at the scores, explain to me what games the Texans should have won that they didn't. Yeah, and it's not there. So then it's like, I don't get the math of it. It's like, the thing we're doing you know, Mackenzie, do me a favor. Let's take a look. Let's do the 90%. Th- the thing I'm seeing is a lot of these numbers are are counting garbage time, and I, the the more I think about this, and the more work I do, the more I think getting out that garbage time is the best thing, because mm-hmm. occasionally it changes the numbers so fundamentally. Um, do me a favor. Look at the whole season, and let's look at offense and defense. I just want to rank one to 32. And let's clip off not anything above 90%. Any play that was snapped when one team had better than 90% chance to win a Houston game, throw it out, and let's see what we get.
2: Got it. So Houston is the 21st offense, and give me a second for defense. All
0: right. So where do you got Houston in your rankings, Seth?
2: They've disappeared. Here they are, 23rd.
0: Okay. Now, correct me if I'm wrong you probably have the Patriots really low because when Belichick lost the game for you, you probably got mad. So 30th
2: in defense for the Texans.
0: All right. So let's just do some simple math, split the difference, give a little bit of extra to the offense. So we'll say 25. All right. So on the season, the 25th best team. Now do me a favor. I think they've played worse. And I mean, maybe we throw out the Cleveland game. So throughout week 10, And give me three weeks. Give me seven, eight, and nine, but still the 90% after that clip.
2: They did have a buy in week eight, so skip that. Okay,
0: go six, seven, nine. So six through nine. So this way, we'll throw out the rain, just get a feel is it better or worse? But um, where do you have the Patriots? Patriots, two points worse than an average team. Ranked Number 19. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how much did you upgrade them? One point. So that's interesting. If you're invalidating the result because of the rain, why would they get a point? That's about as high as you ever upgrade.
1: I think a big part of it was that New England was teetering on the, are they going to fall out of contention dream crusher? And now they're back to, Hey, we could make the playoffs.
2: It's certainly possible.
0: I think that's fair. Now the Texans.
2: So the last three weeks, they're actually the 32nd defense and the fourth offense.
0: Okay. Now that's interesting. Boy, do we want to look at the, oh, well, see, Belichick's not going to let them, you know what I would say, if somehow the Texans get up big, I'd like the over in game, because that open way up, and Houston can't really run the ball, so they keep throwing probably, they'd like to run it up if they could, in game, you get Texans up by more than one score, I like
1: that, you like that? I like that a lot,
0: I kind of do too, Houston can't run the ball. Yeah, and plus are going to want to kind of strut their stuff a little mm-hmm. bit.
4: Guess who shows up for no reason at
2: all to get his grandstanding and hotdogging in? You, man. Correct me
1: if I'm wrong. I think that last year that's exactly what happened, that Houston got up big in this game and it wound up going over because New England scored a whole bunch of points in the fourth quarter.
0: You know what's funny is I think this was the game after Baltimore last year too. Huh. Or maybe it was eh, – I don't know. Okay. We've got a bet, and to me, I just am trying to teach you don't bet against Belichick. You, know, you do realize he's 60% ATS? Yes. Like how, you think the line's just 12 percentage points off to get to, the, like, you lay the 110?
1: It's, uh, it's a mistake. Don't bet against the genius.
0: Next game. Now, this is one of my likes. Pittsburgh Steelers, minus 10. I like the Steelers against the Jags.
1: And I lean to Pittsburgh in this game. And I think there's been a massive adjustment here in terms of I look at my power ratings and they make the game Steelers length 13 and a half.
0: Now that's adjusting for the fourth quarter and all that, right? That's correct. And, and what happens is you assume that anything above seven, is it, that you only take three quarters of those points? because Yes, yes. If you're in a blowout situation, the fourth quarter is typically going to be a pick em and that's 3 quarters of the points above a certain amount.
1: Yes. And what's happened here is I think it's become so well known, oh, you can't trust Pittsburgh as a well, favorite, especially
0: that this year or specifically that Cowboys game that got so much attention, got people talking.
1: Yeah, everyone read the numbers. Pittsburgh 42% as a road favorite and Pittsburgh Tomlin 2 and 8 as a road favorite of 10 plus. So when It becomes so um, common knowledge, certain things like that, that I think the odds makers go ahead and and adjust. And sometimes you adjust too much. Bottom line is Pittsburgh's... I think
0: there's something else here. Hmm. It's the fact that Steelers are cognizant of that narrative. Great point. So now you're getting Pittsburgh cheaper. And the only reason you would take Jacksonville is because you believe the Steelers are going to be... Negligent, They're going to be indifferent to margin, to playing their very best. But you don't talk about indifference. And Tomlin's talking about the Jags aren't a team to look past, which he typically does. So to me, they've heard it, and they've gotten a lot of love. You know what's funny? They've gotten more love, the Steelers, for beating the Bengals candidly than they got for beating the Ravens. Than they got for beating the tight. I mean, seriously, there's been more pro-steeler talk this week than any week all year. Why? I think Big Ben shined in that Bengal game. Yeah, he well, had a lot of yards, but you look at his. What was his QBR, McKenzie?
1: If you oh. look at the conditions, though. Oh, in God, that game, yeah. So now
0: we're extrapolating. That sounds good. Well, no,
1: I, no. Well, no, no. I'm saying It was 25 yeah. mile an hour wins, and Ben was able to. Well, wait,
0: what was the total in the game?
1: Four. How much did it go down? Point half.
0: So it it wasn't considered a a serious win problem because the Browns went down what, 10? Yes. So let's. QBR was 76. Yeah, okay. That's a problem. What was his. I'm thinking back now, the completion percentage was like 50. Like, what was his attempts and completions?
2: Yeah, yeah, 27 for 46.
0: Yeah, wow. So I guess big play. I I know his, his air yards were a lot better. So, okay. So I mean, let's just say we don't want to overadjust when the market only adjusted a point and a half, and the market's very attuned to the weather at this point. Yes. Right. All right. So to me, it's just the only, and you make a good point. The line's cheaper, and if the Steelers are aware of the narrative, if anything, it should be more expensive, or maybe you could make the point whatever apathy typically, the apathy downgrade should be a race because they're not apathetic. Thus, whatever your power rating say should probably be the number.
1: Yes. And on the flip side, you've got a Jacksonville team. Oh, they're going to get their doors blown off against Green Bay, but they got that long punt return. They got the lead. And all of a sudden they had a chance, a legitimate chance, to potentially steal a win. I think that's a negative. Where the here is a team played hard the whole way. They have way.
0: almost an excuse now if they split, where one they lose both, but one game's close. It's hard to complain. And let's be honest, I would make the case that most Jacksonville fans hope they lose. <laughs> yes, because they need a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. So at this point, I don't think the pressure from the fans or the owners are ever going to be a reason a team that could be in number one contention. Now I think. The Jets this week will make an exception. you gotta, you got to get off that 0 for The Jets don't want to be 0-16. You don't
1: want to go down in history with the Detroit Lions exactly. and the Tampa Bay boxes. I'll tell you winless? this.
0: If and when the Jets win their first game, I'll be looking to play against them the next yes. game. All right. Pittsburgh. Next game was my best bet. Impeccably handicapped. After that, the Bengals, the Washington football team... This one assumes these are even teams. Washington favored at home by one and a half.
1: Going to lean to Washington. The Bengals Mm. just failed in a home run spot. The Bengals off a bye. Pittsburgh three straight close games. For the Bengals
0: to be none. What does that mean, three straight close games? What does that mean?
1: Well, they had the game against Tennessee that came down to the wire. Mm -hmm. The game against Baltimore down to the wire. And then it looks Mm -hmm. like a let-up game. And it was somewhat. They were flat against Dallas. But – They were in jeopardy of losing, so ton of ton of energy they had to expel three straight weeks.
0: Expel is when you get rid of something on purpose. Expend. Expend. Like when you have diarrhea, you expel. Okay, they expend it. They didn't (laughs) expel anything. Not depends. I (laughs) got.
1: Which might come up if I have one more Mountain Dew here. Um, So
0: hold on, Mackenzie just presented something out. It says, "Kirk Cousins gave you a tip."
2: No, my cousin.
0: Oh, so why does it say cousin?
2: I got to use more uh, pronouns in my writing. Yeah,
0: more words. Now, so you're telling me there's a tip that you're given, but you're attributing it to someone, so you're not trying to take McKenzie credit. This is
2: a rare exception. Yeah, so okay, go ahead. And this is from the great Mark Ballesteri, shout out, out in Hampshire, Illinois. So teams, after they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, in their next game, so this qualifies for the Bengals, are 0-7 ATS in the next game in the first half. His theory...
0: 0-7. Oh, get- How many games has there been this year? It's been 10 weeks. So you're, we're saying this wasn't the case early.
2: Yes, because they've gotten tougher. Okay, maybe. okay. <laughs> so, <you> know, <laughs> yeah, that's they're, true. They're beat up. They're in less ideal state. Oh, no, I can
0: see that, actually.
2: And that's his theory. And, hey, he, he told me this two games ago, so it's, it's been hitting.
0: All right, that probably wasn't, I don't know. I, remember, there's an old school, you take the physical teams, Seattle back in the day, Steelers back in the day, Baltimore, and just look to play against them the next week, and it, it means something. Shouldn't it mean more in the second half? See, that's an interesting debate because let's think about this. On one hand, you're saying, Second half, because if it's fatigue or whatever, or if it's like you got an injury that almost kept you out but didn't, chance you hurt it, chance you aggravate it, chance it just fatigue hurt. Now, Mackenzie, if you had to make the case, I'm not saying it's yours because you attributed, why the first half?
2: I think teams, I think it would make sense that teams are a little uh, beaten up and a little less physical than their opposition. But why
0: in the first half more than the second?
2: I think it would, it would apply to... I, I, can't really, I can't really make the case. I would say just in the next game are beat up and play worse, but I don't know why that would show up more in the first half. I don't.
0: Uh, really what Mackenzie's saying is...
2: This business is a crapshoot. Sometimes
1: you win and sometimes <laughs> you lose. You gamble and you lost. Now, you've made a lot of money with us before, and you make a lot again. We always take care of our friends, you know that.
0: <laughs> and cousins. I, right, not Kirk finish your handicap, I'll think about it. Another negative on the Bengals. A.J.
1: Green is killing this team. Here's the numbers. So, A.J. Green has been targeted. Last week, he was targeted five times. No catches.
0: You don't have to say that like there should be. or well, let me say. Um, I'll point at you when you, like, say exactly what you said, but when I go like this, stop saying it. So, and then resume when I point back. All right. Oh, <laughs> I'm not sure if all that. All right. Repeat what you said one more time. A.J. Green uh-huh. got targeted five times. Okay, last here it is. Week. Here it is. A.J. Green got targeted five times. Zero <laughs> catches. I mean, that's the way you said it. It's not that impressive. All
1: right. Year to date, A.J. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Year to date, targeted 45 percent. <laughs> Rest of the team. Seventy percent catches straight
0: through. That's a good idea. That's a good, he went. It's like all right. Try that again. Let me let me try this here. Um, here we go. Uh, what the, oh, what? Uh, was forty-five percent? And then it was. A, oh, shit. he's not separating. He's You're not like getting open. You're like Homer. Stop like, throwing
1: t- it to AJ Green.
0: What is that? Your Stephen A. Smith imitation?
1: The Bengals would be better. If they stop throwing to AJ Green, while they continue to do so, it's going to keep hurting their offense. Bengals
0: suck. End of story. And Alex Smith improving, and and you were Man, um, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, listen, give the guy massive credit, right? One, he you know almost lost a leg, and again he did. So give him massive credit. I mean, what? What was his QBR, or um Smith? 76 last week. It was? Yeah. All right. I mean, I thought he was, I mean, I tell you this, if I would have ranked the starters, he would have been last last week. Where would you have had him?
1: I think I had him second to last behind a Luton.
0: I would have had Luton. Hmm. Luton, as I like to call him. <laughs> so I think he's French. I
1: change it every no, you're
0: supposed to. Oh, the pronunciation or your ranking? The
1: pronunciation. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I'm supposed to.
0: Well, in the same sentence, right? Mm. It's like Luton. And then if you think of Luton, <laughs> it's, it's almost like schizophrenic.
1: You know, Washington has won the yardage the last four games.
0: Mackenzie, do me a favor. Go uh, dust off last year's super sheet and... Uh, I tend to recall a shocking number of yardage wins for Washington. Just let I'm me know. It, no problem. Let me know what the most impressive run would be, you know, because this could be a kind of a two year thing. I don't know what it says. I know that to some degree, Washington felt like they were in the battle for the NFC East, and then they weren't. Yeah. Or or at least it seems like they've lost games that they shouldn't. I I wonder. I don't think it's a dream crusher yet because the over-under, I've heard people say the five and a half should be the over-under for the NFC East winner.
1: I think that's a good number. (laughs) Giants have three wins. Can they get three more? Eagles have three and a half. Yeah, five and a half. But
0: remember, five and a half wouldn't count the Eagles at three and a half. It'd be, right. they have to win three more.
1: And I'd say the Giants are an underdog to get to six, and the Eagles are an underdog to get to six, but I got two of
0: them. Mm, okay.
4: So,
1: okay. yeah, I think five and a half.
0: I mean, is it me, or there's never been a division worse than seven winners?
1: I think seven wins, right? Worst. That was Seattle. Seattle. Well, I think, was there one other team? I don't know.
0: It may be, but it wasn't six. Yeah. I know no that. Way. All right. So why not play Washington?
1: Power ratings make it pick them. And Washington's laying one and a half. I hate to go against my
0: power ratings. They're not that good. No, they're not. I mean, they're good. They might be the best. They're not like, I can't go out. You know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, the matchup, in a way, that's counterintuitive. Like, you you went against your power rate. Hold on a second. Uh, Which game was that? I think we were talking about it before. It's one of the games you were considering. It's our crossfire coming up. Yeah, okay. So let's just hold and see if you (laughs) ever go against your power ratings. Fair enough. This was an amazing stat. I tweeted this out. Uh, You probably didn't see it, Fez, because you're not real good on Twitter. Um, Huh, okay. So you're saying Washington... Now, are we dead? Now, if we said the Washington Redskins, are, is that dead naming, Mackenzie? I have
2: no problem with it. Mean, I'm not
0: asking your problem, I'm saying your ilk.
2: Dead naming, I'm not familiar with that. Look it up. Okay.
0: I'll educate you about the various progressive movements.
2: Oh, so you're saying it's it's a what I'm term. not
0: saying anything. There's a tech there's a term uh-huh. that has a technical yeah. definition. I'm not saying anything. I'm the using use of
2: birth or other former name of a transgender or non-binary person without their consent.
0: Uh... <laughs> well, I guess obviously I didn't realize it was, and I'm not sure that's where's that definition coming from? Because, that's Wikipedia. Okay. Which there might be a battle raging over that. <laughs> but I, you know, again, I didn't understand. It was, I guess, what would be the other scenarios and names?
2: If you call someone a race, they're not or tell them No, 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 but I'm saying more
0: about a name. And I'm saying if someone, let's say Muhammad Ali being, uh, here's a great example Cassius Clay.
2: Right. I think that that would fit the definition of dead naming. But it wouldn't be
0: a a non or binary. Or, non binary person, right? It'd be about something else.
2: Yeah, but that's how li- linguistics
0: historically changed. Yeah, exactly. So, but thus it wouldn't be the current definition. Yes. So, I, I'm saying I slightly misused it. I don't, it wasn't intentional.
2: I think you advanced the English language, RJ.
0: I try, but I'm not sure in that case. <laughs> and I'm not sure ever, but it's a good effort, maybe. I like to use double negatives for effect. I don't think I'm the first, but <laughs> I ain't the first to do that. Wait. No, that's not. I'm sorry, I I ain't the first. now. That's just one ain't though. You ever say in Dayton? Did they say yins? Don't
1: know about yins.
0: You never heard like yins you know in Pittsburgh? Get, uh, come on, don't be dumb. Is you've heard that Steelers are called the yins or like people that love the Steelers are yinzers, right? Never heard that. It's like what? Where do you like? Do you get the internet at the house? I'm in Southern Ohio. You're not in Southern Ohio. You're in Las like, Vegas. But you said back in... Yeah, but you used present tense. You said, I'm not in Southern Ohio. I, th- I thought you... I you, you, wasn't in Senate or uh, Southern Ohio. Right? Yes,
1: I, th- I thought this was like a regional, like if I'm from it Ohio, is. I should it know is. about
0: Yens because it's close to Pittsburgh. I didn't know that you did or didn't. I, I was interested. You're right, but why would you say it in the past or in the present tense? You should say, no, no, I grew up in Dayton. That isn't Eastern Ohio. Yeah, that's what I should have said. All right, but... Yinzers are a tar- Have you heard that, Mackenzie?
2: I've only heard yinz meaning, uh, you know. Yeah, but yins. you've never heard
0: the Steelers called yinzers? I have not, no. Or like fans? Okay. Where I grew up, which is on the river, so it's like 50 minutes from Pittsburgh, but it's in Ohio. It's two states over because West Virginia panhandle. And Wheeling, West Virginia, right? Like 10 minutes away with the dog track. I got my master's degree there. It was very expensive. I think it was more than Harvard, is probably. But I lost a lot of money at that dog track. The I was betting there when I was sixteen. How in the hell was that happening? My biology teacher was a ticket writer. (laughs) It's the truth. Go hang out. They used to make forty-two bucks a day. I remember a shift, and I was thinking that's a job I could deal with because I figured I learned, you know, take poker dealing. And that's what I'll say. I've never had a straight job, never cashed a paycheck in my life. Not one, but I almost did. I never applied or anything, but I thought about it. But not that much. I'm thinking, like, I never even thought about getting an application. So in hindsight, I didn't really consider it. But in my mind, I thought, that could work.
2: (laughs) Bart Simpson once said, I can't promise I'll try. But I'll try to try.
0: (laughs) Now that, you could write a book about that line. I'm saying you, Mackenzie. But, um, (laughs) I mean, more specifically. All right. So it looks like I wasn't right about this. Biggest yardage win and a loss was by 58. So saying in general, and they didn't win that many games. Okay. So they won the games. All right. I don't know why. Do me a favor. Just look at that. Because I'm just, now I'm starting to be befuddled. Look at, like, I know it culminates somewhere around Green Bay. So they lost that Green Bay game, or am I thinking the year before? And I remember I had, like, Washington plus 13, and they won it. E- they, they covered it easily.
2: Yeah, I lost by five.
0: Okay. And what was the yardage in that game? Minus 79. Oh. So Feds, I pulled a Feds. I said, yeah, they almost won the yard. And just in my mind, it became, see how dangerous that is? It is. But you still do it. All right. Hmm. I'm starting to think, should I like Washington here? Ah, I still think it's motivation. I'm worried about motivation. And who knows what's going on with that team? But if anything, this Smith has to invigorate. I mean, they must be thinking if he keeps playing like this, we could make the playoffs. And the fact Philly and now the Giants, in a weird way, the Giants don't hurt Washington. Meaning if Washington, well.
1: Washington is a game and a half behind them because of the tie breaks because they went 0-2 against them.
0: Let's just say this. We know that players don't. In general, whenever we assess something's over, the players are a little slower to agree because they have beat the odds their whole life. I think that if we had to balance Alex Smith and the uh, the way that maybe the the mindset has been buoyed, you know, like sent, you know, pushed up, the the, the water line's been pushed sure. up. Is bigger off of having that quarterback potentially the rest of the year because I would say now if you believe what we saw in that game and it's only one game, Alex Smith is better than Haskins.
1: Oh, absolutely! I mean, he so played, how much did you upgrade? He played so well. See, I've got because you had Haskins like I've got Haskins um, one point worse right now, and maybe that's and um, you
0: had it maybe a point and a half better last game right before last game right? I think I had them equal. It, there's no chance that you could have last week's there too. Maybe. I, what I'm saying is, like moving forward, why not just stay? Yeah, I will. Like, you didn't get. No one paid you a lot of money for that la- that sheet <laughs> no, last week, no. did they? Okay. Um, I recall. I thought you were crazy. It was only a point. You certainly didn't have them equal, mm-hmm. or I would have spent the whole show talking about it. So, but I was wrong. And uh, so you're saying even upwards of two points of a. I mean, that feels right, if not more you got to upgrade Alex Smith multiple points. Yeah, and and I think you bring it. Hold on, hold on. Hmm. So the point I'm saying is there's no way losing a game on the road that you were an underdog is going to be bigger than you got potentially seven more games or whatever with a with a with a much better quarterback than you thought.
5: Yeah.
1: I mean, you got the-, the same team and you got a quarterback that kicked ass.
0: It could be upwards of two and a half points, three points better.
1: Yeah, and the game, and old, then, they, then we thought. Yes, and bottom line is, it wasn't like Alex Smith when he when they lost to the Giants in that close game. Alex Smith failed in the end game. Here, Alex Smith rallied the team he didn't and fail got them. In the them,
0: end game, he failed in every aspect yes, of the game.
1: Yes, and here he brought them all the way back and tied the game at the very end of the game, and it took kind of a miraculous event for Detroit to win in regulation.
0: You mean a boneheaded play by the defense? Right. It was what Chase Young. It was. Okay, if you actually look at Washington's drive chart. Now, check this out. First drive, three first downs for Washington. So they had a punt, but, you know, fair amount of success. Last play from scrimmage was the 38 of Detroit, and they punted. Okay, next drive, field goal. Drive after that, third drive of the game, no success. That's the one really bad drive. Next drive, a missed field goal. Next drive, five first downs and a fumble. Then end a half. All right, so three first downs, a field goal, a punt, which is bad, missed field goal, five first downs, and then end a half only had one play, so it didn't matter. Those are all you know, slightly above average, three first downs is, you know, more than team, to, you know, above average, right? Mm -hmm. Second half, touchdown, 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 field goal. So they literally had one bad drive the entire game. So you could say the offense played shockingly well. Now, the last bit of caution, Detroit plays more man-to-man than any other team. I have no idea if Alex Smith is better against Man, but I'm saying it's like playing an option team in a way uh, on defense. If you smother them, some of the principles apply to other games, but Detroit's one of those rare teams that maybe not. Right? Now, listen, typically with man to man teams, they struggle against mobile quarterbacks. Well, Alex Smith's not mobile at this mm-hmm. point. So I don't know, but noteworthy. Any closing thoughts? I got one Bengals, last 16 road games. Zero wins. Wow. 0, 15, and 1. They had to the push against Philly. Wow. Now, Fez, if you had to say typically on history, not guessing or trying to recollect tonight, how many covers does that team have? And by the way, I'll let you know, their average line was eight in those games. Plus eight. So, Seven covers. So you think they cover? No, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. I wasn't saying guess because it's an outlier because I'm asking you. I'm saying, do you believe that if you know they've lost the game, they're going to fall within the corridor of eight half the time? No. They, then why are you saying seven? You're right, four. Four is what I figured. Yeah, four. They have 11 covers. Wow. 11-4-1. That's crazy. Hmm. 0-15-1, straight up, 11-4-1 ATS. I don't know, Jane Vegas on Twitter. What do you think? Surprising, isn't it? It is. But here we're asking them to win on the road, and unless the game it's be falls real one, hard
4: to cover, but you yeah.
0: could could. All right, Ravens, Titans. Now this is a rematch, as football fans know. No. Ravens are six and a half. We estimated before the show that. This line would have been nine, nine and a half a month ago. Does that sound right? Yes. So Titans, maybe a small downgrade, probably a small downgrade. Ravens, a lot of questions. Now, I've heard more anti-Ravens talk in the last two weeks than I have in the last two years. What do you got?
1: Yeah, I like the Titans. I think it's a mismatch edge. We saw Derrick Henry in that playoff game run for just under 200 yards. And now look at these injuries got I downgraded Baltimore two points, and I'm very off of what game off of the last game because of the against New England because of the injuries,
0: okay. so you've got to have you got to have two columns. you're right. You're right. One is this is what happened on the field, and this is the things that's happened on the days since my last, you know, because, Otherwise, it's all blended together. Yes. So, how would you? What would you say? Let me guess. A point and a half, and a half. Because typically, the Ravens would be a point, but because I'm mitigating it because of the weather, right? Yes.
1: All right. Continue. So, the injuries one and a half points. But I think the key here, the defensive injuries, edge, um, defensive lineman Calais Campbell, nose tackle Williams, losing two guys there, and this is a team that got run all over by Derrick Henry last year. Boy, is this a matchup? Nightmare for Baltimore, and I don't trust Baltimore's offense with all the O line problems they're having. Obviously, Stanley got hurt. No, obviously
0: Tennessee struggles getting any pressure.
1: Right, right, and that does mitigate things. But the fact that Baltimore's offense has been down, and now you got two more guys their best blocking tight end boils out, the right guard Phillips is injured. I think at some point, too many injuries for Baltimore to
0: overcome. So, really, what you're saying is you're finding a way in this analysis to excuse your woefully incorrect assessment of how good Baltimore was less than a month ago.
1: Oh, I was beating my chest about how Kansas yeah. City and Baltimore were so clear-cut, the two um, contenders to win the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: R.J., I don't remember. I don't, re- I, I don't remember ever there being a time that the talk two teams are so separated from the— uh, it makes me breathless. I think you said something like that. Yeah. By the way, exactly, I like that. Ah, it's a little bit of uh, Mr. Bill for <laughs> the young kids out there. Check it out. Hey, Mr. Hand. Um, line move, Baltimore from six and a half down to five at bookmaker. Sharpest book in the world, I'd say, offshore a minimum. A lot of Tennessee money, Fez. You're sounding kind of smart. We just got that flash. We missed it. But somehow you check the screen every day. You didn't see that?
1: It's weird.
0: Watching the screen. <gasps> so really, you're lying about watching the screen, or you held that back and got heavier on Tennessee at 6.5, acting like you're all prescient, but really you're just watching the moves and then throwing some icing on it.
1: It's still 5.5 in most books.
0: But the sharpest book in the world, the one that you can't beat with your seven picks? Five. Is there anyone trailing at 6? Might take Tennessee. Uh,
1: no, 6 long gun.
0: Maybe Bodog. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. the win. uh oh, the win. Sounds like does win have an app?
1: Yes. And you don't have it. I've got it.
0: But no money in there.
1: You know, and five money in there. Five hundred dollar limit on NFL sides. Well, that, They're yeah. not open. They're like open like nine thirty a.m. But They're hold like on, it, the, app,
0: the app. doesn't shut down, does it? Sure, it does. <laughs> they don't have like any auto logins. We're talking. Right. I wouldn't mind a nickel at six. <laughs> All right. Okay, next up, the team expected points out of EPA that is number one in the NFL the last four weeks, the Minnesota Vikings against the Dallas Cowboys. Line is Vikings at home, favored by seven. Amy Dalton's back. What's the upgrade for Dalton?
1: Dalton upgrade over Gilbert is three points.
0: Hmm, doesn't sound right. Got Dalton as a point. Hold on. I know you're going to repeat the numbers. That doesn't tell me anything. I'm saying it doesn't sound right. So let me ask you this. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying my gut instinct. What was your initial downgrade for me, uh, Dak, to Andy Dalton? I recall three.
1: Two and a half it was.
0: Okay. So you're saying that Gilbert to uh, Dak Prescott is five and a half. Two and a half plus three is five and a half. Yes.
1: Uh, wait, 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 wait. No, I'm, I'm wrong here. Let me let me give you the numbers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I have Dak as a two, two points better than average. Currently, I've got Dalton two points worse than average, and Gilbert five points worse. Those are my current numbers. Now, I've downgraded Dalton.
0: So it went from two and a half to four.
1: Dalton went from a
0: yes. Two. Yes. The difference. Yes. You. You, you understand how number lines work, right? Yes. You go over the... Okay. Yes. All right. So, and now you're saying three more. So you're saying the total would be only seven points from Dak to Gilbert because the Gilbert number is fresh today, and the Dak number hasn't changed. Yes. doesn't make sense. So where would Dak be ranked as a plus two amongst all the quarterbacks? It's actually only fifth. That's fine, but I'm not... Don't yeah. try to guess what I'm getting at. So... I'm guessing Mahomes is what plus what? Five and a half. And the second quarterback? Wilson four. Okay, so you're saying Dak is two points worse than Wilson. I yes. think that's fair. Okay. So if Dak was against an uh, compared to an average backup, because in theory we always think about okay, the best quarterbacks are about seven point, but. Hey, sometimes you have a better backup, sometimes you have a worse. Okay. So my question is Dak against an average backup feels like it should be six and a half to seven. I don't think Gilbert is within a point and a half or so of an average backup. So let's do that math. What's an average backup's ranking? Minus four. Okay. So you're saying Dak would be six. That feels yeah. a little thin to me. Does feel a little thin, especially like considering he's a
1: he's A top 10 quarterback, clearly.
0: He's more than that.
1: Yeah, maybe, you know, top five, and our top quarterback adjustments are usually nine points.
0: So, yeah, I agree. Okay, but then what seems even weirder is under this math, you're saying Gilbert's within a point and a half of an average backup.
1: Within one point. I got a one point worse than an average backup. He
0: was the fourth string quarterback. How can an so you're saying he's better than a lot of existing second stringers? Let me see. You have to
1: be. He's better than Ryan Finley, John Wolford. He's better than like a handful of them.
0: So you're saying the distance from number 16 in the backups to like number 30. Is only a point and a half. Yeah, they're all common. So, really, what you're saying is you don't have any idea. I really don't. You're right. So, why put any numbers on them? Well, why I... not bundle them and say, because that at least doesn't deceive, I'm not saying the audience, yourself, that you, th- it's like when Brad used to do the hundreds of a point. Eh, no, you know, just... no, whoa, whoa. He was making, as I told him all the time, you're making up the hundreds. So, just why not just only grade to the degree you feel confident?
1: Because I'm not confident, but I can, a lot of times you have estimates. You estimate. just said you don't know. I don't know, but but what? My confidence in my number is not high. It doesn't mean that I don't feel that.
0: But at minimum, Ryan Finley, two or three buckets. Then, but the act of having them stacked says there's a hierarchy in your mind. You don't think there is among some of them, so just bundle them.
1: I'm going to disagree. I I think that even though I'm not confident in my overall ratings, if I had to bet. John Wolford against Case Keenum.
0: No, you're missing my point. I'm yeah. not saying you put them all in one bundle.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm saying that there's probably three categories or maybe four of backups. And that mm. if, if I if I let you draw four circles around those 32 At, names. That,
1: I think that's very valid. That's why that, I keep
0: saying bundled is what I mean. And n-
1: Not not do this half-point differentiation. Exactly. That's too much of a differentiation and when it's, it's all guessable. And
0: what, what I'm saying is it's false. So to have distinctions that are false – Consp- your own data is is designed in a way that's causing you to think there's a hierarchy where there's not. Right.
1: Whereas I have P.J. Walker and I have Will Greer. Will Greer I've got some data on, but P.J. Walker— Whatever I mean,
0: the rationales are, whatever yeah. your assessment is—
1: Within a half is too
0: much. Yeah. Thus, bundle them into four or so groups and say this is a, a D-level backup. And yep. D-levels are four points worth. And then— it's not like the audience is going to know the difference, but when you're working with your own data, you want to put it. You want the truth to permeate as much as possible. And why
1: have all these half points when I've got no confidence in that number, anyways? May as why well make have
0: a manager. Why have any distinction yeah. that you don't have confidence? in? There you about. go. I like that. Eventually, if you listen, you will. Because If I'm anything, I'm impeccably logical. Until I'm not. But when I'm not, it's on purpose. So I am. <laughs> all right. So now, given the givens, and I still think that's a little, you're giving Jay, I mean, he's he literally, I mean, what about Dominic DiNucci? He's a minus seven. <laughs> that one I have confidence. <laughs> Just two red mines. We hardly knew you. All right. So let's assume your number's right. I think it's a little bit, I guess in a way what we're saying is Andy Dalton's not getting enough credit. But I lean towards the Vikings here. What do you like as the game, in the game?
1: I've gone back and forth on this
0: one. I've gotten. Right. So let me. Th- so let's do this. I don't care about the net result. Give me two things in this game that you think matter that aren't necessarily fully accounted for in the line.
1: The Vikings have had some really bad fortune in their winning streak two blocked punts, no one, two against Detroit. Vikings still won by 14 points. They gave up a kickoff return against Chicago. Still dominated, won and covered. And dominated strong, but okay. Yeah, statistically, they really really kicked
0: ass. Yeah, but when you say still dominated, you're saying as if the block punt somehow prevented them from dominating, mm-hmm. but it's actually a difference. In, if you're just looking at the yards from scrimmage, the block punt has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. So they dominated at the line of scrimmage, but that was obscured by the block punt.
1: Yeah, so two block punts against Detroit. you see and the-, the
0: distinction? Yes. Because when you say, but they still dominate, it sounds like they overcame the block punt, but they didn't dominate on the scoreboard, right? Right. So they dominated in the stats, which is yards from scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So it's like it'd be like this: I I golfed to seventy. And my basketball hoop. Oh no, bad news! My basketball hoop broke. I still golfed to seventy.
1: What does one have to do with the other?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Continue. Or is that that's it?
1: Well. I have some negatives about the Vikings, about the Vikings' defense. I, I don't think the Vikings' defense is as good as their numbers are showing recently, and here's why. They
0: got to play— What numbers are we talking about? In their
1: last three games.
0: What numbers are we talking
1: about? Just the scoreboard, how they held okay. down teams. So they held Green Bay to 22 points, but it was a really windy, bad weather day.
0: They held Detroit— but somehow they scored more.
1: They scored more. They, I'm not talking about their offense. What their offense what was ultra what impressive. What
0: does total do that game?
1: 28, 22, 50. What lane. did the
0: total do as in line move? Like, I want to oh, be careful. It dropped from,
1: like, 54 down to 49. It was a big move. So, five.
0: Okay. Yeah, All it was right. a big move. i accept mover.
1: that. All right. uh, they got Detroit. Detroit's best wide
0: receiver, Galladay, was out. So, that was a break for the He's Vikings been out defense. he pretty much the whole game, a whole season.
1: Mm, half the season.
0: No. He, he has not played five games of any consequence. Let me check. Him. Go ahead. I'm going to give my thoughts as you do. If you look at McKenzie run this. So we have the exact numbers Um, last four weeks. So we're going to go seven, eight, nine and 10, take out the 90 plus and offense and defense. And I know that Minnesota is one on offense and four on defense, but what I want to look at is the distance and expected points added is substantial like, between one and two. Like, they are one with a bullet.
2: Yeah, so on offense, they're 0.3, a little higher than 0.3. Next highest is the Chiefs at 0.27. Okay, seven. so
0: that's not – that's four weeks. And four. with 10 and 90 taken – you know, with anything above 90 taken out.
2: Six, seven, eight, seven, seven, uh,
0: seven through 10, yeah. Wait, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, it's four weeks. Seven through 10, okay. Um – Maybe it's the defense that was – that's interesting. So what's the defense say?
2: One second. Defense says they're number three and, ooh, there's a – yeah, so they are negative point 0.1 and the fourth So is, negative on
0: defense is good. It's saying every time the offense runs a play, they actually are losing points. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, and the fourth is the Dolphins at negative point zero
0: 0.05. Okay. So you know what it is now I think about it. Do me a favor. pool You can download by Excel – Pull out both, put them next to each other, and all I want is I want the offense number minus the defense number. So that means that if the defense number is negative, it's going to give you a bigger number. And then that number combined is in the 0.9 range, I'm remembering, and the best other number is like 0.45. Like they are double above zero. So that will take a minute. So go ahead. Gotcha. Go ahead, Fess.
1: Yeah, Galladay, four games, played Mm -hmm. a fifth game. Hold on a second.
0: So all four games he played, how many catches do you have in those games? Each one?
1: Six, four, four, six, and then he had
0: six, four, four, six. So you're saying if I bet you right now, if we said Galladay's fourth most productive day, he had four or more catches, you'd bet me?
5: Yes. Okay, go ahead
1: and he had a fifth game but he only had he had no catches four targets like, against Indy. I don't know if he got that game That's hurt a game I that
0: yeah he, that's a game I was familiar with yep. so four, And how many games have they played 10 or 9
1: Detroit I think they played 9 one second got the record This should be a quick look I, I know I know I'm just looking their record is 4 and 5 9 games
0: okay so less than half but I was I probably would have l lo- if I would have put my own line on it I I thought there was two of those games that they they had, like, zero K. Yeah, the end game, essentially. But I'm saying it's one. Okay. So, still, less than half the time. So, in general, Detroit without Galladay, is that how you say his name? Yep. Or Galladay? Kenny Galladay. All right. They've had more plays without him than with him. Yes. All right. But about half. Go ahead. But if we go through – now, what's he worth, a half a point? is worth the points. Uh, okay, yeah. No, he's worth now, the I, point. I know now you're when he's now, I, I know all you're going to do is repeat the same thing. You're not saying anything. I say I don't think so, and your response is no.
1: Let me pull up his numbers. I think if last year – If you want to make a
0: case, you can make a case. Yeah,
1: yeah. One
0: second. I'm just saying that, that the answer isn't you saying I say yes and you say no, and then I say yes and you say no. Guilty. Not guilty. No, 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 RJ. Guilty. No, let me enunciate this. Not, I mean, it doesn't do anything. All right. So he had
1: 1,190 yards last year. That's that's really good. Not
0: great. Oh, that's really good. Okay, really good.
1: I think like that puts him top five. I'll pull it up. 18.3. Um, so 3. what year
0: are we in now? We're, we're ca- this we're is ca- last year's. No, no. I'm saying what year are we in that yeah. we're just looking at yards and acting like we're looking at the back of the tops 78 card here. Right, he's got what? 18.3 yards per catch. Okay, so that's how he got that many yards but that means he caught less balls.
1: Yeah, but so that, that means good or bad. It's good.
0: Really? So less catches, longer ones. It doesn't really matter. If anything, you'd rather... No,
1: you'd rather have the guy make an 18 per catch than nine per catch getting twice as many catches. You'd much rather have the 18 per catch guy.
0: But none of this has any context, meaning that's not the debate. Is The debate is there has to be some... Listen, you need to catch up with... Honestly, you need to catch up with stats other than the football card. I, he could be the best receiver in the country. I don't know. I just know saying it doesn't make it so, right? How good's T.Y. Hilton? It's no good at all this year. Okay. So I mean, really I heard he good used to years. be the most. Well, was he? I don't know. I know you said so, mm-hmm. and I know we didn't play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is the net number. This makes no sense, Mackenzie. Um. What is uh, – let's add it here. Add, add, add it, What is Minnesota's offensive number? Point 0.3. All right. And their defensive number is minus something.
2: Minus 0.077. Seven.
0: Okay. So how in the fuck did I get like a nine? What was I doing wrong? Are we looking at just the, like, the, like the second – it's the first column of numbers, right?
2: Yes, EPA per play.
0: Okay. Oh, what happens if you add or if you subtract the two numbers of like the accumulated EPA? Is there any number that is a bigger number? I'm just trying to figure out why I would have gotten something different.
2: Your success rate.
0: No, it wasn't that. No, I know what you're saying. All right, maybe I made a mistake.
2: I mean, what you, your point is correct. They are percentage-wise, they're like 40% better than the next best team.
0: Yeah. Or, do me yeah. a favor. If you take the distance and it's what like eight hundredths between 0.29 and and three, I guess nine hundredths almost. Mm-hmm. How many do you have to go down from two if you go down 900s? So I guess in that case, where where is .20 at? Like, .20 yeah. is what rank?
2: It would be... One, two,
0: three. So one to two is the same as? Two
2: to six.
0: Mm. All right. All right, good job, man. All right, uh, Fez, you got... Oh, do me a favor. Can you look up... I think Pro Football Reference has... Uh, expected points added for each individual player so I've looked for
2: that before I haven't been able to find it I've just seen their play-by-play EPA Mm,
0: okay give me a second I know where it is I just gotta think all right Fez here's what I am gonna do because I've been motivating myself well we can't do it for Thanksgiving because I'm gonna be crunched that week the week after I'm gonna come up with an idea of here's how we look at skill position players obviously football outsiders Uh, Expect a point added also. And then I think pro football focus. Some blend of those three Mm -hmm. is going to get us somewhere. How many receivers? Let's set the parameters quickly now. How many receivers do you think are worth a point or more? I'm thinking if your number is more than 12. Yeah, 10 to 12. I'll give you 12. So the issue is Galladay, Galladay. Last year, by these metrics... And we'll just stack rank him, give him a number, one to X football outsiders, one to X expected points added, one to X pro football focus. Is his average amongst wide receivers twelve or better or worse? If he's like seventeen, he probably wasn't worth the point. Top twelve. Yes. All right. All right. So we don't have to argue. Yeah. Let's just set the parameters. Exactly. And then let's crown me correct and move on. I mean if history's <laughs> any indication. Sure. So McKenzie did something interesting. If you look at EPA in the last month, net, Minnesota's number one. The distance between Minnesota and Kansas City during that time is the same distance as Kansas City, the number two team, to the number six team. So one to two is the same distance as two to six. So Minnesota's not just one, but they're one plus. And that's saying the better than Kansas City. that's played very well during this time. And like you said, Minnesota lost a game. What game did they lose in the last four?
2: Against the Falcons.
0: Okay. Ooh. Who's six on that list, right? Yes, sir. All right. How much do we look at Chicago and how bad Minnesota has been there and say, wow, the the intrinsic quality of this team today is such that they're able to overcome all this history. That literally the Rams, the year you were like salivating and getting plus three fifty on them, like four weeks into the season. What's Kansas City's? Like it's what Kansas City's getting now, the defending champions. What what's their payback now, to win the Super oh, Bowl? I, well,
2: plus three fifty range.
0: Yeah. So like we're we got 330, them thirty. Yeah. Oh okay. We got them literally off a Super Bowl win. With the best quarterback that's ever walked the earth, you had Jared Goff in like three games. Where was your head at with that? I know where it was. The market was at plus like 280, and you're like, oh, I'm getting better than the market. (sighs) Except the whole premise is you're able to assess things better than the market, or why bet the market? Fair enough. But you don't think you are as good as I think I am. And maybe it's a placebo effect. Quick
1: note on Dallas. Yeah, I don't know who's playing center for them. Their starting center Looney's out for the year. Their backup center.
0: Now is that the is that the Golden State player? It's the same
1: guy. Yeah, he splits time. Um, I'm not going to say. No wonder we
0: went in the toilet. I can't pronounce. Real, real. It's almost
1: spelled like badass. says from Wisconsin is out as well. Their backup center. So I don't know who's playing center for Dallas. That can't be good.
0: No. I will tell you this. And this will be the last thing on this game, Zimmer. I think more of him today than I thought of him starting the season. And you could make the case that there were people saying maybe he gets fired when they started bad. You heard that, right? I did not. You ever listen? Like you really don't. I would love to, do this, and I wouldn't because it would scare me. But there'd be real temptation to, like, shadow you for a week and just see what you can see. Like, you have the weirdest combination of, like, you would think you'd be a talk radio listener, but you don't, like... Yeah,
1: I would say 75% of the time when I'm driving around, I'm listening to Fox Sports Radio yeah. or something, you know, even sometimes local shows. But it seems
0: like you never have any idea what, any, what, what anyone's talking about. Like, if I ever bring up a topic of this is a narrative, you go, really? It's because...
1: The pandemic, uh. it's because of the pandemic, I hardly ever get out anymore. So I've done a lot less this year than any other year in terms of that, like, 20, 15 to 20-minute trips. And
0: plus, when you suit yourself up with the HAZVAT suit to go out, it, it, it's a deterrent. Yes. This is something I ended up digging into a little bit, and I'll say it quickly, is if you look at Minnesota at various points, where they were at with their defensive backfield, specifically their D back or their cornerbacks. I've got a depth chart and this is from pro football focus. So these are players that all get a ranking. So it means they've got enough reps. In fact, the snap counts here. There are here's here's the snap count or I'm going to go in descending order and I'll just give you the numbers when it's big. So by far the best is Jeff Gladney, and I, again, I could be wrong in these pronunciations. That one seems clear. Uh, 488. So the next highest is 255. Holton Hill. Okay? And then there's one down about 80. Mike Hughes and Chris Boyd. And actually second was uh, Cameron Danzier. Okay, so what's the point of all this? Now, Gladney who was their number one pick has been pretty much healthy, but he actually missed one game and they had one game in which their top four cornerbacks were out. So like it was five and six. And I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta think about the way to present this better. So I apologize. The general point was if you actually looked at each of the games, that if you looked at the top six cornerbacks, there was hardly a game that they had two of the top four. That it was like one in five. Mm. Then one game, and I think it was the Green Bay game. Candy, do me a favor now that we've gotten into this, just because I don't want it to be pointless. Jump into Pro Football Focus. And they actually, oh, I should check that. Pro Football Reference. They have the snap count of every player, every game. Just get into the game, and then you'll find the snap count. And give me the cornerback snap counts for the second Green Bay game. If I'm not mistaken, and, you know, we won't hold this up. McKenzie will just jump in when he has it. It was like they were on their, like, it might have been they had their third best and their sixth best cornerbacks entering against Aaron Rodgers. And somehow they dominated that game. You know, I mean, net-net, they won easily, right?
1: And that that was a game that Mike Zimmer grounded and pounded. It was the
0: weirdest game where literally... So he took, like, Belichick, he understood how he, the game scenario that he could win at, and he forced it on him.
1: Exactly. It literally was 14-14 at halftime, and both teams had had, like, two drives. It was that. Maybe it was three drives, but Minnesota let's have an eight-minute drives keeping the clock running. All
0: right, so... McKenzie, what I would do is maybe just download that in Excel and sort by cornerback, maybe. Or or you did it there. Great. All right. So give me the snap counts. So Gladney, 100%. Okay. So that was – all right. So he was a first-round pick. So fair enough. That's impressive. Go ahead. Meaning that's uh, some pedigree. Go ahead.
2: Next highest was Boyd at 76%.
0: Okay. So Boyd has had 171 – his pro football focus grade is 58. And by the way, Gladney's is 60. All right. So, remember, am I remembering right? 70 is a borderline starter? Yes. All right. So, the first round pick was a 60. Mm-hmm. He's the guy. Oh, they had him. And then Boyd is a 58. Continue.
2: Hand, 39%.
0: Okay. Hand has 66 snaps on the season. How many do you have in this game? 29. So, literally, this guy, they won't let him in. Practice squad, dude. I don't know about that. Yeah. I didn't just make that up, but (laughs) metaphorically. Yes. But it's not a metaphor. It's an actual practice squad. (laughs) You could say the taxi squad and make up a new thing, but it was an old thing. So, that's our third quarter. Now, listen, all the Green Bay has to do, that's their nickel guy, right? You had three DBs. All Green Bay has to do is come out in three wide, and you're getting this guy on the field. All right, go ahead. Next was Fields, the second,
2: at twenty-seven percent.
0: He has twenty snaps on the year. Twenty
2: snaps in this game.
0: So that's all we gotta say. The fourth cornerback only played in this game because they didn't have anybody else. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have Houghton Hill. They didn't have they had Mike or they didn't have Mike Hughes. Uh, they didn't have Harrison hand, or they did, but he only had the 66. And they didn't have Dan Zier. So you could make the case. They had one of their top four, it looks like. So imagine you got one, five, eight, nine. Against Aaron Rodgers, MVP candidate. Somehow they won that game. And by the way, that doesn't even account for the fact that the exodus they had, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, and a fellow named, it looks like McKenzie, but spelled differently, Mackenzie Alexander all were corners that left
1: in the offseason. I think Alexander's pretty darn good, too.
0: I don't know. I don't speculate on those things without numbers. But you lose three, and then you have, like, an eight an eight deep, and then, like, you're one five. You know. Zimmer's good. He is good. Now, they're getting healthier a cornerback. To me, this is how you win. And, listen, I can't, I haven't done this much, but as I've dug in – it's like just getting these position groups. All you would need is like four people that knew what they were doing. And you split up the teams or maybe even have the, the guys cover eighteen, te- you know, like double as much but have offense and defense because it's such a different skill set, right? Give a couple people offense, a couple people defense, and just go deep. And the only times these things matter is when they start having cluster injuries. You know, it's like when you hear things like Greg Cosell, and he was talking about, and Colin was talking about this on our podcast. Is he was saying, Cosell was saying that I can't, I think it was the Colts, but they were talking about if they have this guy, they're able to go four wide and it can hurt, you know, but if they don't, they can't. It's like that kind of stuff you don't hear, right? Because it, 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 it's not entertaining, but I think when we see these injury moves from the real syndicates, It's being driven by that the the importance that isn't obvious.
1: So the fact Minnesota could overcome such a deficiency makes the buy sign blinking on them now that they're getting
0: healthier, right? Yeah, because I feel like that you saying, and rightfully so, that there's some realities on the field that makes you think that this D isn't as good as they seem— well, those realities are Zimmer mitigating, at best he can, by possessions or whatever, the weakness. You free them up and say, you no longer have, now you have an average group of corners. Now, all of a sudden, Zimmer's got more cards to play. He can yep. go fast. If, you know Who knows? But what I know is, when you got to hold the ball like you're afraid of the other team, it kind of restricts you. Sure. Eh, I'm just, I just really, to me, this season has invigorated me. And that I think I, I kind of was getting sick of doing the same old thing, and by just opening my mind to a lot of new things here, I'm less confident on them. But I feel the path towards getting really confident and having a different arsenal to consider this stuff. And again, part of the reason the YPP has a stink on it because you know, it's limited. I don't want to make Matty Hole mad. I mean, if I told him into his face. All right, anything else in this game? That's it. Good job, Mackenzie. Chief Raiders. All right. Seven and a half. Off the board. Okay. Seven and a half is the market. And we are running long. So, line in the super contest is seven and a half. COVID's the reason it's off the board? Yes. All right. So, we won't guess on that too much. How much do you take with the Raiders having been the team that beat the Chiefs? How much of a factor is that?
1: I think very significant. Only one loss. It's one thing to have revenge. It's another thing when the only loss of the year was against this team, the Raiders, and then, of course, the victory lap, supposedly. And
0: I know the media is making a big deal of that. But let's face it. It it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Once it's talked about a lot, even if the players don't feel it, they're hearing about it, and this Kansas City team
1: you've spoken about—they've had a lot of complacent type of games. The game against the Chargers, the game against Carolina, where they're like, "Yeah, we'll show up. Mahomes will find a way to win the game." Where they didn't have put their best foot forward. I feel confident they will here. Now, normally, I wouldn't want to play this game in a contest necessarily because I'm scared about all this COVID issues. Is is the game possibly going to get canceled if a whole bunch? In a
0: contest, if it gets canceled, it's a loss.
1: Exactly. But I I really think there's almost no way that this game gets canceled, and here's why. The Raiders, you could make the case, have been the least compliant of any team in the NFL with the COVID protocols. The Raiders have already been fined over a million dollars. The Raiders have lost a sixth-round draft pick for laps um, Mm. following the protocols.
0: There's not going to be much empathy.
1: None. So I think the NFL From the, league. the league's gonna say, screw you, put your practice squad guys out there. You're playing Sunday night, and because of that, I'm not nearly as reluctant as normally would be in a contest to play Kansas City. Uh,
0: that's good. That's good. Um mm-hmm. I like it. I think this is expensive. And here's why. Saints came into the Monday night game against this Vegas team, the Raiders. And the line was what? You have a sheet for this, don't you? Yeah.
1: I'm trying to think what week that was.
0: Week two, I think. But in a way, this, remember, the f- first page. Right, right, right. Is there where you don't need to wonder about the
1: week, That's right? That's right. So we look at New Orleans, second week at Las Vegas. So we pull up New Orleans. Well,
0: you move slow.
1: Well, it is a little late. Uh, closing line minus four. Okay.
0: So. That doesn't sound right to me. That line got steamed down. What was the what was the line on Wednesday? Yeah, let's see. Six. Okay. All right. So the question is, how much better are the Chiefs compared to the Saints at that point? Now the Saints were considered a really good team. They had just they had one game and they just dispatched Tom Brady. Entering the year, the Saints were right there at like ten and a half wins, right?
1: That's right. Kansas City was eleven and a half.
0: Start All right. So, how many points does that equal in your mind per game? So, it's like 30. Uh, what is it, two points? I think two. Okay. Yeah. So, what you're saying is. Yeah, it's two. All right. So, what you're saying is that if the line was six, it opened, this should be eight. If it closed at four, this should be six. Six. Okay. How much have you upgraded the Raiders? And if you don't tell me at least two points, let's say from the opening game, because I know you. Three and a half. Okay. So, doesn't this seem expensive? Yes. Yeah. Now, if there's COVID issues, as in there's multiple players missing, we evaluate, you know, reevaluation. But in general, let's go through the math. Let's agree the closing line's the right line. It's a more accurate line. Line closed to four. You're saying you had Kansas City two points better, really, if we reverse engineer this. Thus, line should be six, right? Now, we're saying... The Raiders are three and a half points better than they were at the time.
1: I like where you're going.
0: Line should be two and a half. Yes. Right? So get crazy and say, nah, it should be four, it should be five. It's seven, again, assuming this is, you know, what mm-hmm. do you think? It's either we got Kansas City underrated. <laughs> yes. And I don't
1: think we have Kansas City underrated. I think uh, Kansas, by definition,
0: you don't think you ever have anyone yeah. mispriced because that's why you got the well, price. Well,
1: Kansas City eight and one. You could say, hey, they're exceeding expectations, but I don't think they are. I think that they're, you know, right back to if the season started again. Eh, what, is you, what is your
0: Kansas City ranking compared to the open? I have uh, compared a, to uh, the preseason.
1: Half a game, half a point lower.
0: I think that's wrong. Now, here's another distinction. If it's on a given random week, you're right. Because they've shown to have a propensity to turn the on-off switch more so than we thought. But in a focus spot? That I agree with. I don't think you downgrade them at all. I think they might be upgraded. Meaning when they've played hard, they've played really well.
1: And a year last year, had them at 10. Mm -hmm. So I always assume there's going to be a regression when a team is rated that high. Again, you
0: never see a team return everyone like they did. If anything, you could say they're better. Even if
1: they do, though, there's something like... like But they never do. No team You're ever right. doesn't You're right, lose but
0: an assistant coach. Doesn't you know?
1: But even so, it, it makes sense that the team that's the best team, it's it's um, Pollyanna to assume they're going to be as good as they were. Yeah,
0: but if you wanted to take the other side, you could say there were two games that Mahomes was hobbled, and because of that, and then you had Spagnolia doing their on defense. Yeah,
1: but that was all. But that was all built into my end of year. It rating. never.
0: But that's the thing. It never is because it wasn't. Oh, hold, hold on hold on. The way to argue isn't interrupting in the middle. I interrupt you when you're repeating something or when you're saying something, I know where you're going. Do you know where I'm going right now? No. Okay. The fact there was limited sample size of seeing Kansas City play at their optimal peak with Mahomes healthy and with the defense matured under the new D.C. that you've got to look at those results with some skepticism now that you've had another year when they play hard, they play as well as last year, you've you got to have more confidence in your rating. And thus, it's going to be a little bit higher because you're always going to discount something a little bit if you have doubts, mm. right? Bigger so, sample size. Yeah, it just seems like that you didn't have a, even what? How many games did they play their best? You know, have, you know, those 10 games maybe? I mean, you can't even look at the first eight and act like the defense was anything like it was in the second half. So a minimum, you're looking at 11, last eight plus three, right?
1: Really, I think the last seven.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, what I'm saying is you had half a season maybe. Hmm? And thus, how could you not say, oh, it's been proven. This team is as good as they were last year. That means they're better because you don't have doubts, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing we said about Lamar Jackson. He probably played as well, if not better, than Mahomes last year. But you don't know. There's so many uncertainties about, is this going to stay? If it is health, whatever. And we're seeing it this year. Mahomes just keeps on chugging. Yep. So I I guess net-net what I'm saying is I I do find that interesting, the whole power rating. It's almost back to the NBA, right? Because come playoffs, we always say these are the teams that turn it on and off. They play better in the playoffs. These teams are consistent. Don't. KC is one of these teams that doesn't play. Only NFL team in memory that just turns it on and off.
5: Yes, I think it's even even even
0: in individual games. (laughs) Oh, we get down 20. No problem. It's going to be on here. It's just for this number to be right. And this will be my closing word on this game for this number to be right. Kansas City has to be maybe better than any team in the last five years, because to turn it on, they're going to be like a would have to be like a 13 or something, right? Well, I only have the
1: Raiders as an average team.
0: Yeah. Again, I don't. I know when you get something in your head, you never let it go. Look at the results. Pull up the Raiders' results. All right. Next game. You know something? Let's hold this one because we got a crossfire here. We got three more games, and we all we got things on all these, and we'll keep. We'll try to keep it short. We'll do our crossfire, and you know what we'll do? We'll do a postmortem. Because if Casey just kills them, okay. we can say, you know, maybe. And if they don't, we'll say, you know. But I do think if you actually look at. You know what we'll do? I'm going to give McKenzie an assignment. When we're doing our crossfire, I want you to come up with 30 seconds on an analysis of the Raider schedule so far. Meaning how they've played. And what will be interesting. You follow McKenzie so far?
2: Yeah, I got you. Right.
0: Just usually when someone says something, you want to say, yep. You know, like. Because you could be in the bathroom for extended periods, <laughs> historically. So, now, we didn't hear any sniffing or anything. I'm not saying that. Like, a big, loud sniff, and he comes out blowing his nose from the stall.
2: Pupils all dilated. Yeah.
0: Okay. Is, I'm interested in, like, here's the impressive. Like, one thing I would say is the two best wins are against the Saints and against the Chiefs. Is there any team that has two wins more impressive than that? I'm on it. Maybe the Steelers, but maybe not. Because Baltimore looks to be less than we thought. So now, well, what games did they lose? Were they lost to New England, in New England? And you could say, well, they're not that good. Fez says they're hardly good at all. But I would say this. Belichick, under any circumstances, is able to take one-dimensional teams and make them uh, inept. We know the Raiders, at least at the time, were one-dimensional. Now, what's interesting, Fez? Now that we're into this, we should finish. The net. If you look at air yards, now you like to do that sometimes. I don't know if it's random. Let's look the last couple. Let's look on the season real quick at air yards for day uh, for Carr, not David. And then I want to look at like the last couple games. And I think what we're gonna see is. Carr is winging it like we've never seen before. So if fundamentally he's addressing the limitation that's always made people kind of put a real ceiling on Carr, boy, that changes a lot of assumptions. So where's Carr at on on the season in the air yards?
1: So Derek Carr's intended air yard, 7.8.
0: I don't care. What's he ranked? So he's 14th from the bottom. On the season? Yes. Okay. All right. So now the bo- – but <laughs> – okay. But how many are listed? I don't know. He's 24th. Okay. Somehow Mackenzie was able to – okay. So 24th. Okay. How? Let's just look at Mackenzie. You can continue with this. Uh, how was he the last game, the game before that? The game? Let's just take a sample of three and see how much better he is in 24th. Because my understanding is I haven't done this analysis. It's much better. I would make the case a team like Kansas City, as well coached as they are, they're not Belichickian, but you know, in that universe of if you're limited, if you're one-dimensional, it's going to be hard against that kind of team. Maybe the thing that made the Raiders one of those teams that would win close games against teams that were comparable to them that was just outgunned in certain games Because that's what happens. These teams that win a lot of close games get outgunned in the other games because we think they're better than they are, but the things they do to stay competitive don't work against that next level team. Maybe the Raiders are addressing that with Carr going downfield.
1: Yeah, and the Raiders certainly aren't one-dimensional on offense. The Raiders, you know, offense is
0: not the problem. Yeah, but it's not just pass or run. It's running and short passing is almost the same thing. Right, yeah. If you're playing zone, it's like how much of the field do you have to cover? Belichick is the – and it's the same reason I like Green Bay. I think the Colts are doing that and against teams that can't attack the whole field. They do well. Aaron Rodgers, I think, will attack the whole field. If the Raiders can start attacking the whole field, the thing that Belichick did to them not that long ago won't work anymore.
1: That's a great point. I know that Carr has been like going deep to receivers like Aguilar.
0: Yeah, we don't like. need to be yeah. anecdotal. What, what's so the numbers?
2: Week 10, he was f- uh, fourth. Week 9, he was second. Week 8, he was 28th, but that was the win game in the Cleveland Okay, yeah, so, so
0: this man. So, so the two non-win out. games recently, his air yards were fourth and eighth. Fourth and second. Fourth and second. And if you take fourth and second out of the season, he's moving towards, you know, 30 out of 50 or whatever they have listed because they got everyone listed that threw more than 10 pass. It's a pretty big difference, don't you think? Yes. All right, Fez, you can thank me later. I, I got to tell you, man. I feel like this narrative of the victory lap is going to make people, it feels like that it's going to be accounted for and maybe more because I don't understand this line. And you got the Raiders as what? Average team. Do you think that's right? I mean, I know that you did. Now you've got new information. Like, who is the team above them and who is the team below them? Miami is above them. Hmm. Hi, right, their D's good. Their offensive. I right, go ahead.
1: Tennessee and Atlanta are below them. Now, let me let me add one thing. I've got the I'm Raiders. Not, at, I'm not saying I, that I, I, have the Raiders at that. a zero. Maybe I've got a little bit of a bias in my numbers because teams 13 through 16 are rated as a zero. Mm-hmm. But obviously, those are teams that are above average. So maybe my averages need to be bumped up by half a, a game. And otherwise, I other have words, a, by point, a, a point. Half point because my average is probably going to sum to minus a half right now.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So who are those teams all clustered with? Because that we talked about the teams above. I mean, like name me all the teams that's within a half a point.
1: All right. So Miami, mm-hmm. Las Vegas, Tennessee, Atlanta, and then Cleveland
0: is below those by half. So the four the other ones you named were all tied with them. Right. Cleveland's just low below them. You know what's funny? I'm not sure I disagree with any of them. I know Tennessee's not as good as people think, but they're Tennessee's certainly average. Yeah. In fact, that seems... I think Tennessee's probably better than Oak or the Raiders. That's weird. This is, you know what's weird, though? There's really... Except for the Jets and the Jags. I mean, the Giants have covered, what, six in a row? Is it six? It's some crazy number. Huh. Who's the, who's the third worst? I'm sure there's one more, but, like, the fifth worst team isn't that. I mean, Washington's in the mix. I mean, read your bottom five. Jets,
1: Jacksonville, Washington, Dallas, Giants.
0: Yeah, see, the Giants aren't that bad. No. They just beat Philly. All right. I'm going to look six at Six of the, seven. Say it again?
2: They've covered six of seven, the New York Giants.
0: They almost beat Tampa. I mean, it wasn't... Remember, they played well against Pittsburgh. And here's the thing about the Giants. Now, this wasn't updated this week. So this is one week old. But... And then we're moving on. Is the Giants, I expect a lot more... And this doesn't necessarily tell you much about how good they are, but it tells you I expect a lot of scoring. And here's why. And this... uh, Sharp football analysis is it talks about or the I did a little manipulation of the data. And it says, uh, or what I wrote, New York's offense is played against the toughest pass defenses, number one, and the number one rush defenses. So it really is a situation that if you just look at it like statistically, it's not – just the giants have played against the toughest defenses they've played against the toughest defenses in a massive way to the degree that it's been the toughest run and the toughest pass so it only makes sense that the giants offense is better than they seem because the competition has been so tough on that side of the ball who the you know the units are playing on defense but on all, the defense of the giants has played against the third easiest group of offenses so thus the Giants' defense looks much better, or at least better. So the Giants' offense, again, this is entering last week, is much better because they played such tough defenses. And the D is actually much worse, or at least worse, because they played against easy, not good offenses. So McKenzie, it's interesting. If you have a team that's extreme either way, whereas both makes it tougher, that means that team's just better. In this case, it means there's just going to be more scoring. net net I think they're probably better just because it's so extreme, the defenses they've played against. So I think this also adds to the Giants being better than we think. But, boy, the scoring is going to be through the roof.
2: Yeah, and the, you can see it in the totals that have already happened. Only three overs so far this season out of 10 games.
0: But I'm guessing... If I remember correctly, didn't they go over la- last week against Philly, or it d- didn't? No, it went under. Oh, you know, I'm going to look at them. What? Who's the Giants got this week? They're by. Okay. I don't think they're going over or under. Fez, what do you think of that analysis?
1: <laughs> that the Giants are an over team going forward?
0: What do you think of my analysis? I was in the bathroom, RJ. I don't, I don't know. So you can't you can't disagree with one thing. Not a one. You know what's funny? It might be the most important thing I said. And I'm not gonna repeat. it. I
1: I I, I caught I caught the end game. No, you didn't. Yep. Bet the Giants over selectively nope. going forward.
0: Yep. Bet it over selectively. Yes. That's the analysis. Okay. We got a crossfire. I forgot my iPad that has that song. So dun 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 dun. It's almost midnight. All right, Fez, who you got? Oh, look. Mr. Square. Mr. Sharp. No, 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 no. This is what people think is sharp, which means it's square.
1: It's sharp to go against the Miami Dolphins, so I'm betting against the Dolphins, taking the Broncos, plus 3.5. Two is 3-0, and oh, but that Miami offense overrated. Miami's averaging 30 points per game. That looks great, except they've had five fluke touchdowns. Are, are you
0: going to do anything to try to set some context? Or you're just going to read the box score and says, since there's been fluke touchdowns, they must be overrated. We don't know. Like, what what, what does your rating say?
1: My ratings say Miami is an average team.
0: No, no. no. What's your rating say about what the line should be in this game? Uh, Because you remember, you don't ever go against your numbers.
1: I have these teams five points apart.
0: Mm -hmm. When you say five points apart, you're saying it in obscure language. You're saying the line should be what? If we're just looking at the numbers, you never go against.
1: If I give one and a half for home field, well, is that in your assumption? High, is that your assumption? Yes.
0: Okay. So, th- so somehow Denver is the rarest of the rare home fields that it's so good. What's Denver's ATS record at home the last? I don't know decade. I mean, they haven't changed the altitude, have they? Fifty-two eighty. It hasn't changed. Okay. So in theory, if there was an intrinsic value to home field that the market doesn't capture, they would be. Better than 50% at home, correct? Correct. Okay. So, McKenzie, let's do this. I'm going to be fair to Fez. Take a look at Denver at home, and all I want is start the year after Peyton Manning. Because it's only fair to say Peyton Manning's a different breed, and they've had, what, eight quarterbacks since, so let's call them all the same. So whatever Manning's last year was, I don't remember. Let's just go from there on. We're going to have, like, five years or so.
2: Yep, five years, 48%.
0: 48 at home?
2: At home, yeah. What about the entran- – how many games is that? Uh,
0: 36. So 36? Five years times eight. Okay. Eh, that doesn't make sense. Wouldn't there be 40?
2: Yeah, it's four years starting in 2016.
0: Okay. So when you said five, you were – okay. Yeah. Right, so, and there were playoffs. I guess not playoffs. Either. I don't even understand that. I guess Tebow had playoffs. But Tebow was before Manning. Huh. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Fez, what's going on? Wouldn't that intrinsic value of the altitude exert? And that's even counting. Well, well, Hold but- on. Hold, do me a favor, Mackenzie. Make the, don't include September. So just go month and it goes, you know, or, or, or in brackets. You follow me?
2: I just did month greater than nine.
0: Okay, so that won't count January, but that's fine. Uh, we can add in, we can do a second search on January. Go ahead.
2: So that's
1: 46%.
0: That's lower, Fess.
1: And it's possible that the market is well aware that it's difficult to play in altitude and it's assessing.
0: Oh, then wouldn't that be the case now too? Did the market have amnesia?
2: No. No. And they're 1-0 one, in, one and o at home in that time period in January.
0: Okay. So 46.5. I don't even think it's that, but go ahead. But I know why you're doing this because you're going against your numbers, aren't you? I am
1: going against my numbers. So
0: you got to make up stuff.
1: You're right. So give Denver one for home field. Like everyone else. Give them another half because Miami has to fly across
5: the country. Well, don't
0: people have to fly? Denver is somewhere where everyone has to fly, right? And it's all just about the same distance, right? I mean, East Coast flies the middle country, West Coast flies the middle country. You can make the case Miami, um, because they're coming so far south, it's another hour. So. I I can promise you this. When the winds change and you know how flights can take like an extra 20 minutes, I don't see a lot of market moves on that. I don't think an extra hour in the plane is the issue here, is it? Maybe it's a quarter point. I don't think it's anything. All right. So if it's just one for home field. Maybe a hundredth of a point. Let's stick with one. So
1: we come up with Denver catching four for my power rating number adjusted for home field.
0: So you're going against that. So I'm going against my number. This must be a special case. It's a special case. The
1: special case is that everything has gone so right for Miami and Tua in the first time. That's
0: three all games. built into the numbers, right? Yes. So it's a moot point, as Jesse Jackson would say. M-O-O-T. Let's see how not Miami let's, Miami
1: has not had to handle much diversity. So you now
0: you you know in chess, you ever hear of off book? Yes. What does that mean?
1: That means I have memorized my moves, Mm -hmm. and now I'm out of book, and I have to use my brain to figure out what to do. You're off book
0: right now, right? Yes. So literally before, you have not said one thing that has held water to go against your sacrosanct... Rating.
1: Yes, because I'm talking about all these reasons Miami is uh-huh. overrated with their offense and all this production. But that's all in my power rating number already. That's why Miami is rated so low. Exactly. And even with all that
0: unknown current information, and
1: even with all that that with that low power rating number they have, that is lower than everybody else on the planet, pretty much. I still have Miami laying four in my power ratings.
0: Continue. So now I'm. Gonna, I agree with everything you're saying so far.
1: So now I've got to. I, I've got to find another reason
0: because the power well, ratings are. How does it sound? You don't have to find another reason. You have to change your pick. Because there are no good reasons. Meaning, if you haven't found it already, you've probably spent multiple hours. If you add up the time that you spent league-wide that applies 130 seconds or 116, you've spent hours on this and you don't have any reasons. You're right, you're
1: right, because directionally, in yes. the past, a team in Miami situation would be freaking laying six and a half, and there would be value taking the six Welcome and a half. Welcome to the
0: modern era.
1: And now the modern era is the line's three and a half, and I'm, like, doing what I've done for years that has won, and I'm ignoring the fact that the market you, you is just, aware.
0: You just need to add one piece to this, which is, okay, is this factor being accounted for? Because yes. it's just like someone saying, I'm and betting it is against— being, I'm betting against the Patriots because Tom Brady's out. Yes. Go ahead. And it is being accounted clearly in the numbers. Now, I actually think it's not. I think there's a counterforce on Denver that is uh, – it's evening out. And here's what it is. If you look at Denver, McKenzie, I don't know if you got the members, uh, numbers memorized. We did right before the show. But if not, pull up Denver, take out the 10%, you know, 90-plus is – Everybody kind of knows that Denver's stormed back in some games and the finals look better. But if you actually just look at when it's been competitive games.
2: 31st on offense.
0: This is the, who's last?
2: Dallas Cowboys.
0: Literally, Dominic DiNucci. (laughs) We hardly knew ya is the only guy that could do worse than this team, and that's what four last four weeks. No, that's the full season. That's the season, but that's hard. That's
1: shocking that Dallas, you know, because Dallas had some shootouts to start the year. The Atlanta game, except yeah, but
0: remember now, there's a lot of that Atlanta game that doesn't count because it's Oh ah, yeah, yeah you're the right. crap. This is getting. I'm taking you to the next generation, Fez. Now here's what's interesting. Take a look at the last four weeks. Because I think Denver's gotten worse. Now, again, I don't know, but so the EPA is going to be per game, right? So let's, obviously they can't get much worse than 31, but I want to see the score, you know. So, what's the EPA on the season? On offense? Mackenzie, I'm not, you got to hit the mic button. One second. So, to me, what I found with this EPA, it's like the holy grail in that if you can grade a play, now you can decide on filters of what plays matter, and the filter is simple. I think is w- if we trust in any way the win expectation. So for the full season, it's negative point one. Last four
2: weeks, it's negative point two. So twice as bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and negative point two is ranked what? Thirtieth. Okay. So I mean, this is any way you cut it. And now the defense is supposed to be their saving grace. I'm interested in the D just in, again, uh, competitive times in just the last four weeks. So, you know, lop off 90 plus, four weeks. They're 25th
2: in the league, last
0: four weeks. So, Steve, this is the 27th, you know, 27th best team. Not to mention, isn't Locke like half injured? Yeah,
1: there was concerns he wasn't even going to play with the shoulder injury. I think there should an optimism
0: that perhaps he wasn't going to play. There was a ray of sunshine. And couldn't we make the following case? Was Denver still a little competitive last week? I mean, like last week, what was Denver's belief for their season? Was it over? No. Is it over now? Oh, completely. So this is a dream crusher. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to coin a phrase. I did coin dream crusher. I'm going to coin this one. Franchise crusher, you follow?
4: Yeah.
1: That.
0: What, got, ha, what has Denver perhaps have to face? The
1: fact that they're a bad team franchise with crusher. No quarterback.
0: The 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 whole season was built to see if Locke was as quote unquote good as he was last year. And what is our conclusion? He's not. He's, He's not, not an NFL quarterback. No. He's I mean, not Ben DiNucci. He's a backup quarterback. Him and Dominic DiNucci might be hanging out together. Yeah. Except Ben, or I'm sorry, (laughs) except Locke has his, you know, check, whatever check he got as a second-round pick, and Dominic (laughs) just has the inheritance from Dominic Sr. That's it. And let me tell you, Ben Sr. didn't pay much in the 70s. They called him jobbers, I think. Fez, I've got you. Do you want me even to do a presentation? I mean, seriously, why don't you say you know you're you wouldn't bet? Well, by the way, we've auto bet in 300 here.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll up the white flag here. I'm not betting Denver.
0: And that's the 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 that's the rub here. Sometimes there's different. And listen, there's a bunch of things going on. I have no idea. Meaning, I didn't have any idea about this last year. You know, we've put up entering the Super Contest. The last two years in the gold, we had the fifth best record over two years of everyone in the world. We are at 57.5% this year, which we probably are – well, no. I mean, our first two years was in that range. But what I'm saying is to do it a third year means a couple people have dropped below us. Yeah. We'll do the math. But what I'm saying is we're we're certainly in the top five. I didn't know about – even know much about EPA. And there's a lot of things still going on. All we can do is trust the market's going to be right about most things and then find out what they might not be right about. There's probably 50 – there's a guy with the flu right now that if we knew, it would be a huge factor, but we don't know. And in the theory is in the long run, that evens out, but it creates variance. Thus, I think one thing we can do is avoid, lose, avoid the 50% losers maybe because I think your handicap generally feels right. It's just the one thing that makes it invalid, I think, is the market's price in Denver as if they're still a really good – they're like Atlanta light. Like they're really – not that long ago they were a really good team and then it became – well, maybe they're not a good team, but they're not that bad. Right, they're fifteenth. Mm-hmm. I think you know what does DVOA have them. And again, I'm not saying DVOA is intrinsically flawed, but I think they're fairly high there. Right? I think they were like sixteen a week ago.
1: Hmm. Football Outsider says Denver thirty first.
0: Okay, then maybe that was an extreme the other way. So boy, Faz, I thought you liked DVOA. I do. Uh huh. The market. If you look at Denver's. Uh, Every game seems kind of absurd that the line's at. Like, let's just look. It should be the last thing on this game. Let's just look at Denver's last four, three or four games, McKenzie. What's been the line and what's been the, and give me the game?
1: And look at just last game against the Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders were only laying three and a half in Steam. Vegas.
0: Yeah. So they're saying Raiders are two points better than them. Yeah. Steam, baby. Because it opened like five and a half. Yeah. Right? Steam.
2: So they were hosting the Chargers. They were getting three points.
0: Okay. So at that point, a, De- a Chargers team That was considered 12 or 13, really, right? Mm -hmm. By a lot of people. At that time, yeah. At that time. uh, Remember, the only game they've lost by more than a touchdown is this game against this Miami team. The best performance of the year against the Chargers. So that one showed Denver a lot of respect. Go ahead.
2: Then they're at Atlanta, and they're uh, catching four points.
0: And that's showing you how much they love Atlanta. But if you yeah. reconsider how much they love Atlanta, which they think is like the 12th, or again, they are more like the 12th or 14th best team. Again, the pure power numbers. I get you're human, and, and I don't trust those pure. I think there's a human element those computers don't consider. I kind of like us saying, yeah, they're better than we think, but let's go back two slots mm-hmm. because I don't trust just the numbers. But go ahead. And then they
2: were at the Raiders last week, catching three
0: and a half points. Hey, give me one more week back.
2: So the week before the Chargers, they were uh, interesting. They were, at the, they were hosting the Chiefs. They were catching seven points.
0: I think about Which is the that. the same
2: as the Raiders right now, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Denver's been getting, and the week before that, they, they got bet down against New England, right? Yep. When New England was thought to be good. Yep, from 10 to 7. So Denver's been bet every week. Yeah. Someone hasn't gotten the memo. This team's not very good. And the funny thing is, Mackenzie, you got both of them up. Maybe you can do this real quick. You're pretty smart. Subtract out. So what you got to do, though, you got to normalize it by play count, right? Which you should be able to is you can look at the number. What you want to do is you want to take all snaps. That's your second data set. First data set's got the the, the extremes out. If you subtract from the big number, which is all, subtract out the small number, which is the 90%, or within the 90, 90 to 10, you're going to have what's left was what was subtracted out. The only way to, do, the way to do that, though, is multiply by EPA per play, right? And then that way you get the ratio. It's how much to weight it. And actually, the way to do it is just actually look at the snap count of the small subset and then the snap count of the second subset and then that ratio is how you weight the two numbers. You know, that's a little complicated because it's actually algebraic and not that that's that you can't do it. It's just uh, for next week I'll do that. And and I in McKenzie I'll show you the way I'm doing it cuz I think that's interesting cuz like it kind of resonates that the Denver's worse than they seem, but I'm guessing Denver in the extremes is like the twelfth best team. Cause think about the comebacks they've had. So it's not just they're a little bit worse. It's like they're shockingly good short term when the game's been out of hand.
1: And one of the weirdest
0: games of the year, of course,
1: is the, the game Denver actually had no chance of winning against the Chargers and won outright <laughs> despite getting out first down twenty one to two midway actually early in the
0: third quarter. Twenty one to two. Yeah. That's the team you want to bet against the hardest team in football. (laughs) Now, or one of the hardest. All right, next game. This is my... (laughs) Hours in. This is my game, money line game of the decade. (laughs) Chargers, Jets, lines eight and a half right now, Fez.
1: Nine and a half. Eight and a half. Oh, on the contest. In the contest. Yeah.
0: market right. nine and a half. I like the Jets on the money line. Four to one. You've got a trend, which we've done in the past. You were smart enough to think, hey, let's check it out. Give it to us. Yeah, so the
1: trend is betting winless teams off of a buy.
0: What's the rationale?
1: The rationale is here's a team that sucks, that's had no success, and boom, they go off to their bye, and they're just getting ripped by the local media. They are told how bad they are, and they've got 14 days to stew about it, and then you're almost there. And I think it.
0: there's another thing here. I think it's that at the time of the year with the worst teams where there's, in theory, the most value, motivation becomes a question. Yes. I don't think there's any question that until a team gets their first win, they want to shut people up.
1: Exactly right. So maybe during their off days, when they're away, the players keep lifting, keep staying staying in shape, and the coaches certainly keep game planning. My God, we got to win a game, and that extra effort I think, especially from the coaching staff, pays off. And yeah, what
0: I I agree. What I and
1: really I, like, and I, I also think
0: this, uh, the way I would say it is. I do think – I guess I'm just going to repeat quickly. I do think that dynamic of, oh, play underdogs, but if the, if the team's not motivated, or even if they're just 5% less, motivated, I think that this week you could make the case the Jets are the sixth most motivated team, you know, maybe Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than the matchups of matchup, you know, like we've been waiting on this division rival, Jets want to win because also, let's be candid – How many games are they going to have in which they're even within eight and a half points or nine? I mean, this is going to be one of their more competitive games, the chance to win.
1: Yeah, and they're not immune to seeing, hey, there's odds up on are we going to go winless for the entire year? I mean, it's just embarrassing. And what I really like, the deeper you get in the year, the more you're staring at that ostrich, that 0-16 potentially. And that bears out in the trends. If you just bet on these winless teams off the bye from week seven and later. 18-5-1, 78% 18, 5 and 1, 78% against the spread with a
0: margin of a touchdown, 6.1. I think so. And and also it's is whatever degree buys help, it's the fact that buys if they're used with focus are more meaningful, because there is that phenomenon in college football where when you have a team that's losing and they're not playing great and they somehow make a bowl at the end. There's, like, a lament, especially if it's an older team, as in more seniors and stuff, like, say, really? We're going to San Antonio? Yeah, exactly. And I I think that can hurt a team. To me, this Jets team, because of all the reasons we talked about, wants to win. They're using the buy right. And remember, Mackenzie, you stumbled on this first buys and let's just do 2012 onward because I do consider that the modern era post the collective bargaining agreement in that first year was messed up by the lockout so I throw that out 12 and I haven't done this give me teams off of buys that play home and team off of buys that play away if I recall away is about 54 percent home is about 50 so what we're saying is mathematically whatever the dynamic is a buy doesn't help as much when you're at home but it helps when you're on the road um, Jets are on the road here. What else you got in this game, Fest?
1: Jets are finally healthy at receiver. How many times the first half of the year did I tell you, RJ, no skill position players? Jets are really struggling. Well, the top When th- Galladay
0: gets back, they're gonna be fine.
1: There you go. So I'm not I'm not saying these guys are world beaters.
0: You know, maybe they could trade for T. Y. Hilton. The Jets.
1: Or AJ Green. <laughs> uh their top three wide receivers, Mims, the rookie. He's played three games. Crowder, he's their best wide receiver, five. And Perryman five. So all of these guys have been hurt at least half of their games year to date, and now they're all back to full strength. And we saw that against New England. All of a sudden, Joe Flacco was going deep with these guys and having great success in that game because he had his receivers back. That well, mm. that certainly was a factor.
0: Part of it too was the amphetamine mix in the shot. Oh, is that alleged? No. He did it did feel like it was five years ago. I mean, he, it, was yeah. like, it was like um, – and it wasn't the receivers. I'm not saying that that didn't help. I'm saying Flacco perked up. They woke him up. They told him what year it was. <laughs> Went from a
1: walking and, corpse and, and, to, and, a, to, to a competent and quarterback.
0: He, and, and he saw New England and said, oh, I'm, it must be back in 2015. <laughs> I mean, I, I tell you this, and I'll say this honestly. You heard it live. I loved Jets under team total in that game. And when it was Flacco, I said, I'm off mm. because to That's me right. – Everyone's going to downgrade because of Flacco, but I think against the Pats, no. Plus, you know what? Flacco can throw to all parts of the field, even if it's not great anymore. He's still got an arm. No doubt. Sam Darnold, I don't know. I mean, I think the mono took it out of him. This is shocking. Now, this 2012 delineation point is not arbitrary. Everything changed after that. Offensive line play, everything. Home teams off a bye are 44%. 4-4. How many games is that, McKenzie?
2: Let's see, 157.
0: It's a lot of games for it to be six point, percentage points under. And then away, 57%. If you're playing on a buy team at home, you're making a mistake because it's being priced in. That feels like more than it's being priced in. It's somehow a net negative. Because yeah. Let's say you adjust. The, you'd have to adjust the line what for six percentage points. Two points. No way is there, they're adjusting it for the bias, too. They're probably adjusting the bias like 0. .75 or less than a yeah, point.
5: Yeah, yeah, half to. So to, somehow three. it's a net
0: negative. Yes. All right. So we're at 57 before we start. Let's say that that's only half right. We're at 53 and a half before we start. I don't know why it would be half. I'm saying let's get conservative. We already got a winner. But you have to, listen, you have to have the guts to play the Jets. who have, You know what's funny? You look at EPA and you look at the net. I think in the last month, the Jets are 24th, but it's, it's, it's low. They've played a little better. And obviously the new England games skews it a little bit. And you want to hit the money line here against these chargers, right? Well, why do you think <laughs> Anthony Lynn? Cause here's the scenario. If we have a chance to win. Or let's say this, if we're right, they'll be within one score at the end. I want to get four times the so effectively you're saying within one to eight points, and the line's moving up a little bit, but still nine doesn't happen a bunch. You're pretty much saying the Jets are gonna be in it at the end. They they they're gonna be in a coin flip, and if you take the eight and a half, you have a short thing almost, if it's a coin flip game. Or otherwise you're hoping for a backdoor. So what we're saying, unless it's exactly nine. They're going to be within one score at the end, or it's a backdoor, right? Yes. I mean, that's just mad. I'd much rather be getting 4-1 to one that somehow Anthony Lynn is going to mess up a close game. Yeah,
1: and this could be a high-variance game, you know, certainly in terms of hey, the Chargers, you know, they could win 28-10. 20, to 10. It could happen.
0: You make a good—well, you don't lose any more in that case. You make a good yeah. point. When was the dream crusher for the Chargers? last week. I think so. That was it. They could have won. They could have got hot. Now I think they don't even think about it. And Tua beats them. It probably deflates that whole franchise. And you almost look at the team's
1: attitude, you know, with the mistakes that they make, and it's like, Ugh. you know, the coaching staff just keeps messing up. And at
0: this point, what do you think the chance of Anthony Lynn being retained is? I'd say it's down 15%. around. 15%.
1: Yeah.
0: If they had won that game, it's probably at least 50-50. Yeah. I mean, you got to wonder if the staff is looking for. I mean, like, this was a disruptive loss.
1: Even in the the press conference, this was two weeks ago. They say, Coach Lynn, do you think your job's at stake? And he looks at the reporter like, (laughs) What was that question? Right? So the mere fact that they're asking him in in the press conference is before, you know, two more losses. It's
0: valid. It's a question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So here's the rationale Jets are hyper motivated. We got a team off a buy on the road, and the market doesn't fully understand how much better that is. And we have a long history of that motivation resulting in at least ATS performance. Then finally, that's interesting. You don't have that full output. Mackenzie, can you look one more time as we go to the last game on the the off a buy loss after seven or later and tell me what the average line was? And how many? I bet they win a disproportionate amount. Meaning that if you, say, let's say the average line is going to be seven or something, mm. how many should they win? I bet it's high, it's straight up.
4: Mm.
0: Just, I'm on to, it. just uh, yeah, when you're ready, just say, got it. All right, Fez, last thing. So my money line, no, the wink, wink, guys. My money line of the decade, take the Jets. I think play this one late. I don't think you're going to see it. I don't. I haven't seen the pros bet the Jets at all.
4: I no,
1: and money the has actually come in a little bit on the Chargers up to from eight and a half up to nine and a half.
0: Go ahead, McKenzie.
2: Average line is seven exactly.
0: All right. So, what would you guess the number of straight up victories percentage?
2: All right, just from a from
0: a yeah. seven point
1: spread. Yeah. That's you know right about seventy two percent. The All right, so twenty eight percent. Yeah.
0: What percentage won the game?
2: Wow, thirteen and eleven. won the game outright.
0: Mm -hmm. Didn't know that, but I knew it. You impressed, Jeff? I'm impressed. Next game, but it really reinforces that.
1: Play the dream.
0: Do it. I left left that iPod. Oh, no. Okay. Tampa Bay and the Rams. Rams are four point underdogs. What do you got?
1: All right. So Tampa Bay, along with Carolina is the other team that has not had a bye yet. So I think that that's a significant negative for them in this game. I
0: think Tom Brady's on the older side amongst quarterbacks.
1: Yes. Is that a a positive or a negative, though, being able to? I
0: think a lack of rest.
1: Lack of rest would be a negative, yes.
0: If you're older, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Power ratings-wise, I have these two teams one point apart only. So that certainly favors the Rams significantly for this this line being four, says the Rams are not being given enough credit. It's the Rams' fifth trip to the East Coast, but I don't think that's a big deal at all because the Rams just had a bye. So I think they got got rid of all their travel fatigue. So it looks like this is being priced in. Oh, this is a tough road trip. Well, you for don't the Rams. have any
0: idea why it's priced where it
1: is. I I don't. So you just just give me your factors. I don't I don't think that this significant. I don't either. I'm a saying a big we, deal I at think all. We're
0: guessing stuff. We don't know. Okay. For the for the
1: Rams, and I actually like the fact. I always like a West Coast team with a late start time, regardless of whether the game's on the West Coast or the
5: East Coast.
0: But I'm going to ask you about the rhythms and. You're gonna say, "Well, I'm not. I didn't read the study, but I vaguely under." Right? Is that? Yeah. Okay, okay. All right. So, what's called? called? It's not Socratic. Circanian. Circanian. Yeah. C- yeah. Okay. I like the under, and I like it a good bit, but I don't love it. And here's why: Rams have a a. Underrated defense. It's considered to be one of the better defenses. I think it's now the best defense in the NFL. Who else is in the contest? Pittsburgh? Okay. Uh, Tampa? Rams? I mean, who else is in the best defense? Football outsiders. Who's the best defense? Second. Now, on the other hand, as Fez is getting that, you got... Tampa won, uh-huh. Pittsburgh two, mm-hmm. Indianapolis
1: was four, Where's mm-hmm. three. Oh, the Bears.
0: Mm. Right. I think the Rams are better. And if you look at last month, expected points added, it's not even close. Rams won. But here's the other reason I like the under. Whitworth left tackle out. He is probably, other than golf, because always you're going to, even if it's an okay quarterback, the player they couldn't stand to lose. Right, let's put Aaron Donald there. W- Whitworth was certainly three. You know, mm-hmm. any receiver you'd rather lose than Whitworth, I'm telling you. He actually, they are able with expected points added to just aggregate. And they had at the midseason, I can't remember who had it up. It was who's the epa all offensive line and whitworth was the left tackle as in in those grades best left tackle or most consequential impactful contributing left tackle in football they're thin what did we say about the rams they got they're top heavy with salary but they don't have any depth because you can't pay ramsey you can't you still got girly dead money you got golf being overpaid they got enough superstars if they stay healthy they're going to be fine but now you've lost your left tackle so i think at least for game 1 it's a mat i think it decreases the impact as the left tackle they play gets better gets more acclimated but game 1 against a pretty good and you got a Tampa D that doesn't have great like dominant lineman but but they got really good linemen maybe they're dominant just not as big names but they do a lot of complex blitzes against an inexperienced left tackle that's going to be a problem yep I think it all points the Rams being underrated on defense and the Rams offense being overrated because of a left tackle that the market's not probably accounted for. I like the under. And the current number is? 48. What do you think, Fez?
1: I like it. And, you know, here's another reason I like it. What happened the last home game for Tampa Bay? They got smoked, smashed by New Orleans. How many times did Tampa run the ball? Five. Mm. A logical thing to do in another showdown in a competitive game in a a competitive showdown game against another contender is like, wait, we let that other game get away from us because we abandoned the run too early. And we just saw Ronald Jones go for 98 yards on one play and 200 for the game. So he was very, Tampa was very successful running the ball against Carolina. I would be shocked if Tampa didn't look to establish the run in this game given how South things went against New Orleans, throwing the ball every down.
0: It is 12.06 after midnight. That's it. We gave you all we got. Probably will never be the same. Talk to you next week.